Hello, my lovelies. This is the last true crime episode of season seven. Thank fucking Christ, I hear you roar from the back cheap seats. Uh, this is the Ed Kemper episode with Sean Nolan. It was great crack, but it was recorded a good long while ago. And this is the last episode of the backlog of episodes that I recorded. I'm going to do a season eight announcement episode. Talk about 20, half an hour. Uh, about how the show gets put together and what I have planned for the next while, just to keep the people who are, who care informed. A lot of people are coming in here going, yeah, 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 wah, 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 it's not about you. Talk about murder, motherfucker. So, just want to let you know, from tomorrow, Wednesday, the 2nd of September, we're going to be doing live stream episode recordings. That's deep dive episodes, 14 of them for season 8, and a few dozen true crime episodes with a whole cast of new podcast co-hosts coming in, comedians, celebrities, friends of mine that are in the entertainment industry or otherwise engaged in public-facing, interesting occupations. Smart, funny, and very interesting. We're going to have so much crack talking about these true crime episodes live stream over the next, let's say, four to five months. So we're talking about mid-January. We're going to start recording these. They're going to be staggered out, just to let you know. So we're going to be jamming in these recordings two, sometimes three times a week. We're going to have one deep dive episode every week and one possibly two true crime episodes they're going to be live streamed but they're only going to be live streamed exclusively to five dollar patreon supporters through vimeo through the patreon app or website so you can watch them jump in have a look have a listen have a smell have a taste i don't know how you (laughs) do you have a pack have a (laughs) small collection of coins in your pocket and every time we open our mouth just just smell it it's like oh it smells like goros breath that's how it works Live through Vimeo, live streamed to your eyeballs, and then through your earballs on Discord. So there's a Patreon channel, an audio channel. You can just hook into it if you just want to listen, you don't want to watch. And it's going to be available exclusively for $5 Patreon supporters. The $2 Patreon supporters will get those audios when they're going to be released as episodes. But if you want to watch, if you want to get in and watch, as we do it in the studio in the new TCG Towers with all of the fucking Joe Rogan camera job, swapping around, sitting in chairs. If you want to see that shit with your eyeballs, $5, patreon.com slash guys. We're starting this Wednesday, 2nd of September with Luca Magnata, Don't Fuck With Cats. And Danny O'Brien is going to be joining me. Uh, the next one then is going to be the, the infamous Port Arthur Massacre with uh, Australian comedian come Irishman, uh, Damo Clark. So that's this week's stuff. If you want to watch them this week, $5 Patreon, the $2 guys, you want to bump up. If you bump up for like four months to the $5 tier, you'll get your money's worth. You're going to get all of these live streams. You get to watch them. And uh, for those of you that are on the fence about subscribing to Patreon, there is now an annual subscription option if you want to drop in dollars. Um, But the next four to five months are going to be very, uh, how would you say the return on investment is going to be great because we're going to be live streaming the shit out of it. It's a very busy time. Uh, I'm going to be trying to release episodes as regularly as possible to the general public, to the public masses. And I know some of you guys are hurting out there because of that corona. So the last episode of season seven is going to be released next week on the Oklahoma City bombing. This one is about Ed Kemper with Sean Nolan. But the next episode you will hear will be a season eight announcement. And after that, it's Luca Magnata. We have a big episode with Emma Quinn and Gary Lynch on the assassination of Malcolm X. That's the first deep dive episode of season eight. And that's going to be recording, not this week, but next Wednesday. So get on that shit. $5, patreon.com slash those conspiracy guys. That's the way it's going to be for the next half a year, lads. Get in on that shit. 
and uh, we'll see you in the live stream. I'll do a season eight and explain everything and how it's all going to work. But I just wanted to let you know at the top of this episode, uh, just in case you're wondering what the fuck is going on. We've been prepping, prepping hard, putting the fucking metal to the floor, and uh, the time has come to reap what we have sown. So yeah, live streams, patreon.com slash those conspiracy guys, $5 tier. Jump on it and enjoy this episode about Ed Kemper. It's a doozy. Mwah. Hitler, Roswell, JFK, Cryptozoology and NSA, Global Warming and a Living Government Lies, tell them all about it, those conspiracy guys. Hello and welcome to another Those Conspiracy Guys. This time, we're putting on the long trousers and we're settling in with one of the tallest and largest serial killers uh, of all time. Uh, we're talking about Ed Kemper. Uh, he was the co-ed killer. He, uh, he, he, you know what? He loved to, um, he loved to really get inside a woman's head, is what he did. Uh, he, he was able to uh, withstand a, a tirade of abuse uh, from his very violent alcoholic mother and funnel that into something, uh, you know, uh, uh, useful and uh, practical, like um, being able to turn grown women into uh, sexual marionettes. He is massive. Uh, all the documentaries <laughs> mention how tall he is, six foot nine. And we're going to talk about him now with comedian, writer, and I, I dare say, f- fine fine art aficionado. I do a bit of painting, yeah. Yeah, he does a bit of painting. Yeah. Uh, comedian Sean Nolan. Hi, Gordon. How's things? All right, man. Welcome to the show. It's nice to be here, man. Yeah. It's been uh, a long time. We've done uh, many uh, c- comedy comedy stages, uh, shared, uh, shared stages back in the day. Yeah. And... Uh, it's a, it's a long time since I've seen you, and we met yeah. two weeks ago by happenstance yeah. at a at a show in Bray. Yeah, you, show were, in Bray. you were doing a live uh, show, and I was there to see not you. Oh, <laughs> thanks very much. <laughs> yeah, sorry, um, uh, I was there to see and my mate was playing downstairs. Oh, Delhi. But uh, yeah, I came up and you know I caught a few minutes of your yeah yeah. We had a chat afterwards. I pretended I saw it all. It was um, just me jumping up and down <laughs> with the Jews. Uh, but you got in an argument with a few Bray heads. Yeah, there was a few yeah. people there. Uh, it was in Hardy Har Comedy Club. Yeah, uh, run by Adam Burke, and you hear Adam on a load of shows in season seven. Uh, very like oh, gentleman, yeah. gentleman, a very good podcaster. He's coming in here, laying stuff down, and he has his own as well. The Youth Ireland oh, yeah. podcast, youth pod, yeah. um, giving it socks for all the, the yeah. young people of Ireland. <laughs> but giving them to good and he has posters around Bray for it. Yeah, you know what, man? Yeah. It's a service. Um, so Sean, you're a comedian. You've been a comedian for a long time. Uh, not that long. Well, I mean, <laughs> relatively long. Uh, well, Longer than the lives of some children in Syria, let's say. Okay, if you want to measure it that yeah, way, yeah. I mean, but if it's six and a half years, maybe. That's long. What's their life expectancy of a kid in Syria? Less, probably. Uh, last check. Depends, yeah. The softer ones go easy. <laughs> um, so you you have won competitions. You've been all over the world. You've uh, I've been you know, to England uh, a couple of times. Yeah, you, I mean, you know, yeah, I've done a bit, <laughs> done a bit. And uh, at, at the moment, you're in, you're in flux. You're in uh, yeah, you a, a, a pupa state, growing your art, contemplating life. You yeah. just struck thirty. Yeah, geez. you've had some ups. You've had some downs. Yeah, life goes on. Yeah, and you recalibrate and you know try again. I guess. And, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, still at it, still plugging away and yeah, looking for a new, uh, a new adventure, I guess, in, in comedy. There's a lot of people that um, were, I dare say, insanely jealous at your very young success. Yeah, I don't think I was, 
favorite to win the competition that I got a bit yeah. of success from. Tell us a small bit about that, just very quick. I shouldn't have been in it, really, I don't think. <laughs> I failed the audition for it. Right. They didn't pick me. You were so. a wild card. Uh, not even. Uh, one of the producers, I had seen him at another gig. So this is the RTE uh, new, uh, new comedy something like competition. That. Yeah. Uh, something very generic, anyway. Yeah. I t- Carl Spain and Delamere, Neil Delamere, right. had won the previous two. But I don't think the one I was in was as big as the one that his, right. uh, those guys were in. But uh, yeah. So the, Same name, less prestigious. Yeah. Um, Look at you talking yourself down. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it was good at the time. I've only been doing stand-up like a year and a bit. So yeah. it was good to win it. And uh, yeah, I got a few festival gigs off it and a few quid. And I paid <laughs> for got, an Edinburgh you, run, yeah. Yeah, you got it. Like a, a decent run out of career. But it's, uh, it's it, comedy is a weird game. We've had a lot of comedians on this show. A lot of them, you know, talking well talking bad it's a it's a hard space to especially in ireland because it's the, the, the it's business small, is so small yeah. yeah and like i've talked on the show before about being a comedian and then kind of trying to find an audience so maybe there's a well if you muck something up like you muck a gig up or something there's nowhere else to turn it's a, such yeah. a small so then you just you kind of take a few steps back and try and get in try and get another go at it or yeah it's a bit like that yeah. if you fuck one person off your career yeah. is over you and that's be, you're in the toilet for a bit yeah that's the problem with maybe irish comedy some people have critiques about it yeah but uh, like, yeah i think uh something like maybe podcasting or something mm. reach out to the world we, yeah we've got some good stuff yeah, have, is there any, any place anyone can find you online you can have a go are you off the grid? I am a bit, yeah. I've been, yeah, the live stuff has always been what I liked, you know. Yeah. I kind of uh, avoided the social media. There's a few videos from that TV show on YouTube, but... Uh, so we check it out. Like maybe I look about some... 14 years old. <laughs> <laughs> now you're weathered. Yeah, oh, that's, weathered. A, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll put some of the links for the for the main set. I think it was like f- a five-minute set well, on the t- that uh, got onto TV, was it? Yeah, I think it might be slightly longer on YouTube, the slightly okay. longer version, yeah. So I put the long version uh, in the yeah. description below and uh, whatever Twitter and, and Instagram and Facebook handles Sean has and you can go and follow him. Yeah, yeah. Great comedian, very, very clever. A lot of kind of one-liner stuff yeah, and yeah. Uh, really clever jokes. So if you're into that Thanks, stuff, Gordon. <laughs> I, I'm mostly, you know, uh, dick jokes, uh, uh, voices and musical inferences. Well, they're all good too. You're yeah, it's options. I'm man. just like nost- nostalgia wanking yeah. myself around the room here. <laughs> Uh, people seem to like it it's all good um, so this is Those Conspiracy Guys we're joined by Sean Nolan and we're going to be talking about Ed Kemper now Sean before you got into Ed Kemper himself right um, and before he got into you uh, oh, yeah. what did you know about him I'd seen him I'd seen that show Mindhunter yeah brilliant and brilliant yeah and uh, the guy the actor I forget his name but he he looked exactly like him it yeah. was uncanny very similar um, yeah and uh, I don't know if that was based entirely on Troop but he uh, seems a very scary guy yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, poetic license with that kind of thing okay. to, to run it all through in a narrative mind hunter. I think even now as this show goes out, because we're pre-recording these shows. Um, Did you know a second season? There, yeah, there should be a second right. season coming out. They, they talked about uh, David Parker Ray in the first season. There was uh, Ed Kemper. There was um, maybe a smattering of Ted Kaczynski. Right, there right. was another whole manhunt unabomber for him as well. Uh, and a few of these like major 1960s uh well, that was the crux of it. yeah the interviews with the guys yeah yeah. That was the, yeah to get to get the stuff out mm. uh i also think what was the well ed kemper was the kind of the climax uh, yeah he yeah. was the one that's, oh, that's they, really yeah, given the stuff yeah, and he yeah. he had so many interviews uh with the fbi he like broke all the records and all right so i think they're going to talk to bundy this season oh, okay. and they're going to talk to Dahmer. there's john wayne gacy interviews oh, as well good few left then yeah. so like yeah i mean uh, as the 60s went on into mm. the 70s 73 4 5 6 was peak time S- serial for serial killers oh. um late 60s was kind of like 
uh, Manson mm. pretty much uh, well, there was, the roost, you know. The guy, there was two guys when... Uh, Richard Kemp- Speck is another one that was in the first season. The earthquake guy was around the same time Kemper. I was reading up on him. Right. He killed people because it's, he thought it stopped earthquakes or something. He was doing service. Yeah, that's, I was like, yeah, that's a positive yeah. uh, motivation, maybe. At least he was doing it for something. <laughs> he thought it was good, yeah. It wasn't his mother whipping yeah. his cock with a bamboo rod. <laughs> um, yeah, we did Richard Speck as well on this show, and... Uh, Richard Speck was, uh, you know, an odd lad going around. He got in and killed a lot of nurses in a, in a kind of a violent spree. Okay. And in Mindhunter, they were yeah. interviewing him and they, they yeah, questioned the, the his bird. sexuality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The bird. yeah. yeah no. And he jumped across the desk and tried to get him. So, yeah, a lot of the a lot of serial killers and how they operate. And we'll talk about Ed Kemper later mm. on, how he, he's dealing with uh, people in the FBI and how he's answering questions. Like... He volunteered he his knowledge, yeah. yeah, yeah, and he was a young dude, mm. not unlike yourself uh, when you you're winning competitions. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, he, Ed is a peak performance, uh, yeah. except he's a murderer and you're a, a comedian. I murder on stage, go murder, <laughs> <Mordered> you, <laughs> fucking drop the mic, stab you, cut your head off, fuck your neck. Um, yeah, can you imagine if that was the thing? Like, how'd you do something? Oh man, I murdered. Last night. <laughs> But imagine if it was like the terms, it was like, oh yeah, how'd you do last night? Oh man, I fucking fisted that audience. Oh, and I fucked that audience in the throw hole. Oh God. It's, it's mad what terms get like. I don't think that one will be adopted get, now, no, by no. the community. Get to, man, I fucking jizzed all over that place. <laughs> I'm like, what? Jizz? Punchlines. Punchline jizz. Banter jokes, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I just, I, I think there's some of those terms that you take that don't that shouldn't mean what they mean and then you just get adopted like yeah. I remember when I was learning Russian and I was trying to change Irish like phrases into, phrases into the Russian, Russian language and nobody people were like why did you say those words and I was like does that not mean anything here they're like no it's not any cultural context the words don't mean the same thing you said it weird do you know like guys are coming so give, give me an going, example or something oh fuck I don't know what would you say like it was an amalgamation of an Irish phrase in Russian. Yeah, something like something like, oh, he he's like gay-eyed. Right, yeah, that's and a good it was one. Like, oh yes, he has those pussy eyes. <laughs> and people are like, pussy eyes? It's like, yes, his eyes look like uh, vaginas. And they're like, no, they don't. It's like gay-eyed. Like, you know, it doesn't Okay, right. Do you know? That, that sounds uh, fun. See that guy? He would get up on crack of door. <laughs> right, right so it's like oh yeah he'd get up on on a on a slightly open door and they're all like what in russia you tried this yeah no in, in, when I was in, in estonia in people, oh, oh in estonia like, right yeah yeah yeah. like if your door is open a little crack you try to put his dick into it it's like because mm, crack here would yeah, be like you yeah. get up on the crack of your arse for sure yeah but it doesn't have the same no it doesn't work people are just like no that these, doesn't work. Downies intake, you know, <laughs> not like that. <laughs> so weird. Um. So yeah, you, you saw him in Mind Hunter. Mm. Thought he was kind of creepy. Yeah. The stuff he was talking about in Mind Hunter was pretty extreme. Even though he told yeah. it in a real calm, collected yeah. way. Yeah. Very and forthcoming I, with. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And that makes it scarier, nearly. That he's yeah. at ease with that sort of stuff. I guess. Yeah. And like very physically imposing. Fuck yeah. And the way it's shot as well. Um. They really get that across. I guess the kind of. He towers over the the FBI dudes and yeah, the little lad's only five foot eight or nine. Is he okay? And uh, the the guy's playing a camper six foot five, but in real life Ed was six, six foot nine, nine. three hundred pounds again. or something. Yeah, and it was kind of like we'll find out later on that Ed became a trustee uh, of the prison. He's still a trustee, but he was also a trustee when he was admitted as a teenager into a the an mental, institution. Yeah, the, yeah, he seems to be able to foster 
good relationships for a man who is not socialized mm. well. Don't worry, we'll go into all this now as we go along. Well, he read but, the books, didn't he? The, the blind, yeah. yeah the, the books for the blind, yeah, thousands yeah. of books, yeah. audio books, yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he has that virtuous side, side yeah, yeah. even though he would, you know, dismember women and, and fuck their corpses or whatever. <laughs> and, you know, swings around a bit. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Um, so in the, in the TV show, he was very forthcoming, but they had to build this rapport. So mm. remember the bit where he's like, don't handcuff my hands to the table. I want to be able to, to sit back and, and just express, take it in and express and, yeah, myself yeah. and all. And your man was like, yeah, take off the handcuffs. And then there was a moment where he's like, yeah, like edging towards it. Like I'm going <laughs> to like faking him out. Yeah. That's um, him, yeah. And, and the FBI guy was like, yeah, you're good. You're not going mm. down to me. Like it's grand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very, he was very, um, yeah, that's a good impression. All right. <laughs> collected. Um, he would, um, contemplate every word he was going to say. And, um, well, he tells it, it was, from uh, his benefit or something, the stories. You know, yeah. He was self-aggrandizing. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, very decisive in his word choices. Like, c- creepily calm mm. while describing, like, and I removed her head and um, had sex with the hole in her neck. And you're like, Yikes. damn, son. <laughs> yeah. That is rough. Yeah, like I, I, that me, doesn't I, go down easy. No. <laughs> well, well, it does because it's just a head. That's the thing, but I can imagine him like sitting with some young one's head in his lap, and her face is looking up at him, and he's like, "He paints a good picture." Yeah. I mean, shit, he's good with words. Take up stand up, yeah, <laughs> in in the tallest comedy clubs in the world. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Ed, Ed, like, was that the only time you'd heard? You hadn't heard of the no, co-ed killer? It wasn't no. out in the zeitgeist. I hadn't come across him. No, no. Thank fuck, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I think Mindhunter opened up an awful lot of how the profiling stuff works. Because everyone has watched, you know, you watch the fucking CSIs and you watch mm. this stuff. And it seems like this deus ex machina of evidence. There's like people who are able to go like on a keyboard that just tap the things yeah. and goes, I'm in. Yeah. I just tapped into the database. Yeah, he's just he like right click, start button, programs, yeah. open, hack. And we know everything about the guy. It's like yeah, a program. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. there's all these things where it's like you put the fucking fingerprint into the machine and it goes, which <laughs> are 9,000 people's faces. Mm, and that's, then it's that's like, your man. Yeah. Found Got him. him yeah. you know? We found some sperm. <laughs> there's always sperm. Yeah. Found some sperm, sir. <laughs> Great. What's it taste like? <laughs> Domestos. It's Joe Johnson. Got him. Got him. Yeah. To Domestos sperm. Yeah. yeah. Bing. Domestos. <laughs> like, whose sperm tastes like Domestos? Like, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't denote the reality of what it's like to investigate a murder. Yeah. And especially and back then in the 70s. Fuck. Yeah. They had nothing. That's a so job. Mine, proper mine job. Yeah. was really uh, uh, cleverly done. Mm. It was, it was, it showed the frustrations mm. of, and, and if anyone out there works in a corporate environment, I'm sure you've had a corporate job before. Sure, yeah. Maybe. The incompetence <laughs> of management, like not, to, we want yeah. you to keep the job you have now, but like <laughs> the incompetence of upper management perceived by the people down low and mm. they're trying to do a thing and they don't realize that Re- the, the physical ramifications yeah. of it as it as the shit rolls downhill. Yeah. So this guy's like fighting for extra resources. He's fighting for extra rights. He's trying to change a system from within. Well, they were ahead of the curve, the two boys. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but they knew that it would be better, and to try and change, like, but well, that's how we've always done it. See, mm. we're not gonna <laughs> you, you little pip squeak coming in here telling us how to do it. I mean, it was forty years. <laughs> <laughs> I don't usually do that. He's been spoken. He's been spoken forty years as well. I see yeah. this guy. <laughs> Fucking forty major. <laughs> no filters. I ain't a pussy. <laughs> Putting a filler on my cigarettes. Um, 
Yeah, so like uh, the 40 years doesn't mean anything. You're like, yeah, but you might have been doing a little bit wrong for yeah, 40 years. Yeah. Or let's try something else then because we're not catching these cunts. Yeah. So Ed Kemper's... Well, uh, he's the example of that. He turned himself in. He didn't catch him. Exactly. So they had to. Mm. you know um, so they're all running around with their fucking heads hanging off uh, <laughs> metaphorically of course uh, the girls were the ones that actually had their heads <laughs> hanging off looking for Ed and he's like nabbing up young ones and cutting them up in bits and fucking them until they fell apart like a wet cake oh, and then putting them in a bag and firing them out in, in the, in the out woods or the woods. sea or something yeah. and they'll, t- they'll turn up in, in, in lakes and rivers and mm. stuff all around California he buried a head under his ma's garden or something yeah. Once. yeah trying to grow a head tree uh, what was it though he had a phrase because uh, his mother always wanted to be looked up to or something so oh that's head, really yeah. bad yeah. he has loads of lines like that though yeah he's, uh, but as well I think he's super smart yeah very creative well, IQ 145 145 yeah yeah, that's up genius level. Yeah, you know? yeah, sure. Yeah. So, um, will we get into it and tell the story of Ed? I want to uh, okay. usually in these in these shows. I want to do the background because the background explains an awful lot more. The motivations. The yeah. We don't do like murder porn if it can be helped. Uh, you can go and look at the the slashes and the gashes and exactly what was done to these women if you want. I'm going to make jokes. It's yeah. a fucking those conspiracy guy show. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> uh, but I want to talk about more about the psychology and the pathology of his ma, his his family life and of Ed himself like coming into coming into a situation where you're like, how could you not be? Yeah, yeah. Do you know, I don't know if you've listened to our uh, uh, our show before, some of the Chickatillo episodes. Like, how could you not end up fucked up? Um, Richard Speck, how could you not end up mm. fucked up? Um, even John Wayne Gacy, like how he's come up, like, you know, closeted homosexual, like Sean with society, and then ended up being a big man mm. around town. Well, trying to about power, you know. Like the Ed, they were saying with Ed that the, the mother issues is a kind of a common thing in the serial killer man, sort of profile. Every fucking show we've done. Right. The man's doing something weird. <laughs> right, right. Like, an ex- she's an extreme person mm. who's doing awfully extreme and terrible things to the young lad and it just it manifests yeah. into something nasty down the road really yeah. weird yeah do you know like Chikatilla was pissing the bed and his man pulled him out of the bed and pulled his dick skin out really long and then whip his mickey with a bamboo rod like wow it's like punishment so that means like his dick would never work sexually because he'd like think of stuff and wouldn't get a boner and then he choked an 11 year old in a swimming pool and he when he was 15 and he jizzed all over himself and he's like oh that's how i can get jizz out of me by killing people oh my days i didn't yeah. know about this dude. isn't that weird yeah so like there's a lot of this mother issues and ed is a prime example of this shit so to get into it edmund emil kemper the third was born in december 1948 and he's also known as the co-ed killer he was active as a serial killer in the late 60s and is known as one of the most brutal and statistic murderers of all time. Some of the bodies stuff like, oh, fuck. I, I, yeah, we won't yeah. go too hard into it. You can go and look up for yourself. It's messed up. Yeah. Messed up. Uh, he was standing a, a whopping <laughs> six foot, nine inches tall. Uh, Ed was self-described as a big old bumblebutt. Right. In his interviews. He wasn't very socially adept. He was a little bit like he was shit with women. He was mm. shit with people. Well, his ma used to slag him over that, said he'd never get a girlfriend or something like this. Yeah. And yeah. A lot of, a lot of abuse. Yeah. yeah. Verbal, psychological abuse. And uh, he was, uh, yeah, the bumblebutt thing was his own kind of, yeah, I'm not really great with, uh. with people. Uh, he was born to parents, Clarnell and Edmund II. And his dad was an electrician and a World War II veteran. And his mother was a hard-nosed housewife. Very um, hard-nosed, yeah. you could say, yeah. I think borderline on on cunt. <laughs> uh, Ed's ma, who he claims is at fault for everything that happened to him and, uh, and, and the stuff that happened to his victims, 
uh, was mostly described as a cunt by Ed and others. Uh, Ed's father even said that he volunteered for war because, quote, the suicide missions in wartime and atomic bomb tests in the Pacific are nothing compared to living with her. <laughs> Christ. What a quote. He said that uh, she affected him more as a grown man than the 396 days fighting in the front in World War II. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's rough. Yeah, they're lucky. She's got Ed to only be... killed 10 people. Like, yeah. Good. <laughs> you got away light. Yeah. Uh, Ed's mother, unusually cruel to him. Uh, as he grew up uh, and eventually he grew taller than his father who was a six foot eight inch man uh, his mother became increasingly afraid of him because if you have like yeah a young lad that's massive and you're giving him as much shit as you're giving him you know eventually he'll grow up to fuck your face up yeah. with a frying pan or something, something but she was says. afraid that he'd attack the daughters or daughters or yeah. something and uh, locked them in the basement or something they, they did he, Am I getting ahead of it? <laughs> yeah, you're getting ahead of it. I'm excited. Uh, Whoa, lock him in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get to the killing. Uh, well, welcome to the Joseph Fritzl Hour, uh, <laughs> where we talk about everybody that's ever got locked in the basement ever. Uh, we'll start with uh, Natasha Campush. So Ed's father left the family. He, he just packed up and fucked off in 1957 uh, when Ed was just nine years old. And at the time... Ed was already head and shoulders above all the rest of his classmates and his mother was becoming nervous about having a boy that big in the house. She was like, fuck, how are we going to, if this kid kicks off, he's going to be like slot out of goonies. He's going to break <laughs> his chains and fuck us all up. <laughs> so she was real cruel to him as he reached adolescence and uh, he punished him incessantly. Like she was super punitive, uh, uh, like giving him um, like amazing amounts of verbal and psychological mm. abuse. And because there was no physical abuse, Ed learned that it was all kind of in the head and he wasn't a physically violent or physically mm. aggressive man. Well, it would be hard to physically abuse him. He's he was a huge dude. Like, Yeah, but even as a small child, she wouldn't bait him around. Yeah. But she would, as you said, lock him in the basement. Uh, and the father is gone at this yeah, stage. There's no, so there's there's no, no masculine figure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so she, she, like, it's no wonder then that she was a bit wary. After the father left, Ed got real strange. Sean. How strange did he get? He got, how strange did he get? He got real strange. At 10, he killed the family cat he buried in the garden. Oh, yes. I've read that. And I mean, that happens. And he took it back up then. He took it back up then. Yeah. And he cut his head off. Took it to the next level. And he put it on a stick. <laughs> and then he put that in his room, like some weird trophy. Lollipop. Chop. Yeah. <laughs> lollipop. Some lollipop. chupa chups. <laughs> with a cat's head. He's like, look, it's like a Pez dispenser, mom. <laughs> And his ma found it in the fucking bedroom and was like, the fucking smell in here. Are you jizzing into socks and hiding them under the bed? The fucking smell. <laughs> and then she's like, find this thing. And it's all like, oh. That's another level. But I can just imagine Ed at nighttime. With the cat's with head. With the cat's head in the stick. Just like, good kid. Oh, just like petting it. Should have put that in mind under. Oh. That would have been a scene. Just a flashback. <laughs> yeah. I used to pet my cat at night in bed. <laughs> That's not a euphemism. <laughs> oh. uh, so a couple of years later, he then killed another family cat. The neighbor's cat as well got it. Yeah, the neighbor's cat. He killed a lot of fucking cats. And if you're like, this is before any FBI profile. Why, why cats though? And, well, that's the thing. Is they represent women maybe? That's it. That's it. Not No dogs. Well, Let they, the dogs go. They said that he killed the second cat because the, the second cat that the family got wasn't showing him love and attention and would prefer the, the sister. So he, the cat would be sitting on his lap. And then the sister would come in and they kind of get up off his lap and go sit in the sister's lap. And he's like, you fucking cat. <laughs> so he just like cut it up into bits. Right. But the first cat that showed him attention, he rewarded that by 
bearing it in the garden. Well, it or wouldn't show him attention. That's the thing. Oh, like so a neither cat, cat showed him attention. Yeah, like a cat is like, <laughs> they say it represents women. Yeah. Because it has the feminine, the feel like the slinkiness. Yeah. But also it has the, I don't know, the fuck offishness. <laughs> right. That, that like a woman's nature kind of revolves around. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe, yeah. Like, at least partially, yeah. Sometimes a girl is like, hey, yeah, uh, hey. And then sometimes she's like, get the fuck off me. I didn't ask you. <laughs> just go away. Leave me alone. Or she's just it's like, very sit, cat-like, yeah. sitting on the other side of the sofa, you know, drinking a cup of tea and looking at you. Licking herself. And, and, yeah, licking herself. <laughs> and just imagining, like, you know, what would I, what would I do if you, if, how would I kill you? <laughs> like, if I wanted to kill you, I totally could and get away with it. Like these kind Do you of, have a bad experience with a cat, Gordo? Or? No, no. Or I uh, don't have bad experience with women either. It's oh, not, okay. They, you know, they went out with a murderer yeah. used to lick herself. No, it's like, um, do you know the way cats are just like, they're great and all? I don't like them. But then them. sometimes no, they're evil. Them. Yeah. Like the, you can see them, they look you right in the eye and like tap a glass off the side of a table. Mm. And then just go, what? I'm a cat. I don't know. <laughs> they do know better. They do, you know what that, but that's the thing. thing. So Ed could see the nature. In it, and that's why young men who end up being serial killers kill cats because they're looking for unconditional love and attention. Right. The but cat. the cat sometimes gives it and sometimes don't. It's a bit withholding. It's yeah. As some ladies tend to be. Or they can see the, the comparison, and yeah. The comparison between the mother figures. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, there's women out there now going, fuck you. <laughs> and I'm like, see, that's you're like the cat now. Yeah. Who's like, I was trying to negotiate it a bit there. Yeah, yeah no. That's the way we've already made our bed and now we have to shit in it. The horse is bolted like now. A withhold, <laughs> with like a withholding cat. <laughs> like you won't pull back the covers and there's a cat shit there and the cat is looking up at you going, I did that. What are you going to do with it? And watch I'm a cat. And they watch you clean better. it up. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to watch you <laughs> clean it up and I'm going to laugh my internal cat laughs. <laughs> you cunt. <laughs> And then you're going to give me milk and you're going to like it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, there you go. So it's it's this thing of like... I'm going to kill a cat in the way home now. You've, okay. got, you've got me amped up for it now. <laughs> Fucking cats. I've got to plan it out in my head. <laughs> give it a kick. It, it, it's one of those things where like... Get a chalk, I stick it on the... <laughs> <laughs> Kemper, Kemper's cats. <laughs> Kemper's cat sticks. Uh, available on uh, Amazon right now. If you have like, uh, you know, a, 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 a woman who is withholding with their attention and and you know i'm talking about someone who's not like not mentally well right right who's doing what ed kemper's man is doing is going oh mushababa mushababa treating him like a mushababa mm. and then fucking abusing him being like at her whim yeah there's like some crazy shit going on now i'm not saying you could say men are like dogs because you could fucking kick him around and instead of come over going like, any, any, any pussy around? Any, any, I mean, like I come back, I don't care. Like you make all these comparisons. We're just saying this is the thing with Ed and the cats and yeah. a lot of these people. And well, he saw it at least. Yeah. He saw it. He tried to analyze it then with mm. the FBI guys later on in jail. Oh, yeah, okay. And it came out to be, this is the first time that you're saying if a young kid is killing small animals, this is a sign that they're going to be a serial killer. Right. So that's a trope now. That came from Ed. It's coming from this time. Oh, this time. Okay. Yeah, well, like yeah, the, yeah. the analysis of Ed Kemper and others. Mm. Uh, and it's across the board. Like you have a little kid that tortures and, and kills animals. More than likely, they're going to end up being... They're building up, yeah. A weird yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. T- testing out, taking the life. Yeah. And th- they're saying analysis around Ed's extinguishing of cat lives uh, ends up being... Do you know, a metaphor for female attention, his mother loving him and then not loving him again. And then the cat was like, wow, wow. and then go on, and then the sister comes home and she's like, wow. fuck you. Yeah. And yeah. then off to, off to be, and he's like, 
you don't get to leave. You don't get to go away. <laughs> Whatever was broken in his head yeah. at the time, his dad's leaving, mm. his ma's being cold and withholding. Yeah. And he's like, I have to feel some agency. I have to feel like, uh, you get know, I'm, I'm, owning these, yeah, yeah. I'm owning these feelings. Yeah, yeah. So he fucking ends the catalog. He's like, you won't fucking leave. Like, you can't choke your ma to death. So he's like, I just choke a cat because he's 10. Cat. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Choke Felix out, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You'll never leave me again. <laughs> it's like some some low rent version of I Am Legend, and he's just like, <laughs> it's it's for your own good. <laughs> yeah, it's way easier to choke a cat. Um, so yeah, the killing of cats is a regular thing uh, uh, among serial killers, and uh, so yeah, like he, he's ki- he's killing these cats as a, a kind of a metaphor for for how women are treating them. But you can't really like. <laughs> You can't admonish a woman for, for not paying you attention. Well, at least, like, not that it would do any good or be okay with most people. You can't be like, I love me, <laughs> bitch. And that like, doesn't work, no. Yeah, not anymore. Oh. Not since, uh, that, that was usually my move. Not since <laughs> yeah, force it, choke her into, into <laughs> the, you know, what's they say? Uh, uh, you know, a ring a ring on the finger is for life, but a, a, a cat's not for Christmas. Christmas. There's something in there about a choke, like, you choke her to... There's a saying in there about choking a woman. Uh, right. In the, it's Maybe a, it's best you can't remember that one. Yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those. She text me later. Yeah, I put it on Twitter later. Um, yeah, so Ed's like inf- his inferiority and his inability to handle rejection and failures with women was funneled through killing these cats, and this is the this is the thing that was put like straight on the spectrum of serial killer psychology. Mm. Uh, he also, as a young boy, <laughs> he said about his teacher. When his, his, you know, his sisters were teasing him about like, oh, you have a crush on your teacher. And he goes, if I kiss her, I'd have to kill her first. Wow. And you're like, this lad's 10. And he's got necrophilic sort of. I mean, let's take that apart as a quote. Yeah. That was mentioned in a lot of the podcasts, listen to a lot of the documentaries. When did he say that? When he was 10. He said it when he was 10. 10 or 11, yeah. And he goes, if I kiss her, I'd have to kill her first. And that could be like, oh, girls are yucky. Like, yeah, I, I wouldn't kiss her if she was alive because like, oh, yeah, you know, a few she boys, might react weird. A few boys or, might say that. Yeah. yeah. From that point of view. But yeah. if I, I'd have to kill her first before I kiss her. Yeah. Like maybe he's into some mad Snow White shit or mm. like, where's the, where's the idea of her being dead? Yeah. Where does that come from? And then that's appealing to him. Yeah. Like, is that, where's that coming from? There's something... That most women reject them, but you can't reject them if they're dead. That that yeah, that could be the the psychology behind it. Like, what's the mm. what's the thought process in her being dead first? That's a benefit. Do you know, she can't say no. She can't run away. Yeah. The same with the cat. Like he killed the cat, buried it, don't, don't and then he knew exactly where it was. He can go back, dig it up, have some more fun with it. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing with like where where do you where would you find a dog with no legs? Where have you left them? <laughs> this kind of thing. So you just. Taking the taking the power away from the mm. the victim to escape, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So he somehow, you know, equated this being dead with, uh, I mean, it could be a, a concept of not, you know, not being able to give consent. That mm. he was circumventing consent, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Is that a thing where he 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 would say to a woman like, um, so uh, you want to go get a got a milkshake she's like ugh no you're a weird <laughs> giant person he's like oh I can't say no if you're dead like yeah that, that could be it yeah, maybe so as a child too his favourite games with his sisters were uh, gas chamber an electric chair an electric chair yeah uh, his sister would flip a switch and they had to pretend then to slowly to choke to death or, or to be shocked to do all the 
the, the, the jacking around and all if he got electrified to death he did have a little dalliance with death though because he nearly died in a pool after being pushed in by his older sister and he had a, a near death experience they'd say right so I mean it could be the elation like have you ever nearly drowned uh, no have you never nearly died yeah probably so when you're f- <laughs> probably I can't remember I was nearly <laughs> um, like I nearly drowned before in a swimming pool what's that feel like yeah sucky Oh yeah, but for a minute, not good. Like not great, not great. But for a second, towards the time when you're like about to go give, unconscious, give or whatever, up a bit. Like yeah, you kind of go like yeah, give into it. I'm okay with this. Okay, right. Like right. fuck it, I can't. So that's like a chemical in your brain being yeah. released, telling you to just. Well, what they say is when you go to die, uh, DMT is released. Yeah, the light is. The, yeah, some. Yeah, it's like a hallucinogenic that's generated. To make you go inside. easy. Yeah, yeah. So you don't struggle. But like, I was in the pool, and my brother, my brother was having some trouble. Splashing around, so I had to be action man here. Like, yeah, well, I you know I was I was a very strong swimmer. I mm-hmm. went swimming classes, you know. Jumped in, got him. Tried to get him with the the arm under the chin and try and get him back to the side. Okay. So I got him in that. The Baywatch going, technique. Baywatch yeah. technique. It's, you, you know, common yeah. life you know, lifeguard shit. You we, know, we grew up in the nineties. You know, exactly. <laughs> now you can't even do it because you might graze her tit. I saved her life. Hashtag you too. Um, <laughs> under the chin, trying to get him back. And he did this fucking mad MMA move, like in the middle of the pool, and ended up like on my shoulders, like we were, like <laughs> at a concert. Trying to save you, cunt. <laughs> yeah, and then my feet were on the floor, and the water was maybe seven or eight inches above my head. Oh wow! Above the top of my head. How old he was on like maybe thirteen. Thirteen. And he is four years younger than me, so he's small but still heavy enough to yeah to keep you down. I couldn't either like, pan my way up. And he's on my shoulders and he's like stomach, time stomach chest life. and head above the water going like, <laughs> I'm not dead. But he's still like holding my head down because he's like, I'm not going in that motherfucker again. And he was, ha- you know, having panic attack. And I started panicking and I was tapping his legs and trying wow. to get him off me. And he was fighting to stay on because he didn't want to drown. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. And uh, you get to pain in your lungs. It's like a tightening thing. And I didn't Did want to gasp in the water. I didn't want to breathe okay. in any water. And... I was like, okay, just hold my breath mm. for ages. And then I had to breathe out. And then I went to go breathe in and it went into my nose. And and after a little while, I was just like, oh yeah. This is happening now. This is, ha- well, I mean, yeah. this is how it's going to go. And yeah. it was like a piece. And I, I, I ha- there was a small like relationship with death where I was like, I high fived. I was like, Whoops. <laughs> I mean. Did someone drag you out? Or did you're going to come eventually. Yeah. And I know it's not that bad. Was it that near death, that experience? Yeah, yeah like it was right. a high five close. Like Yeah, I was all like, all right, son, <laughs> your nice fucking knife or whatever. <laughs> whatever he has. <laughs> stick knife. Um, and then the next thing, my dad's hand came down through the water and he got me under the arm, pulled my brother off. I got up and then I kind of swam to the side and he pulled me up over the thing and I was coughing water and getting sick and stuff. But I was like, fuck. And I had a headache for like two hours and it was... Really? Wow. Yeah, really like it was like bad a, form. Yeah. But I can see if Ed gets pushed into a pool and he's nearly drowning and all that stuff. Where, yeah. but he's like six. Well, he must have been a tall kid. If it's a deep pill, you know, just stand <laughs> well, up, like you know, yeah. 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 Oh, he can't. That's it. He, he can't, can't drown, drown him. Ten he's foot tall. He's an invincible guy. Um, but yeah, he got pushed into a pool. And if you have that experience of being near the death, yeah, that you have a relationship with it, then and there's kind you're of you're at like, ease with it, or you can relate to it. Or yeah, the, it could have been the starting of thinking yeah. about mortality and thinking about death because that it wasn't a big deal. He could take people's lives. Or, yeah, yeah, nothing happened. Like there was no nothing happened to him that mm. would focus his attention on death or dying or, or morbidity. Murders, or, yeah. There was no sexual assault done to him that we know of that yeah. he didn't confess to. Yeah, obviously everything we know from the show and from the internet is all stuff that came out mm. in his confessions. Yeah. I mean, 
could it be that that he's mm. trying to recreate? Mm. It's fairly common, though, that sort of scenario. And, you know, is, is that a precedent in other serial killers? That I they, don't think that so. they almost died? And, We're trying to find a reason. Like, yeah. I mean, as we find out later on, there's loads of extra reasons. Yeah. But why, you know, why particularly would people put that detail? They like, mention it, yeah. They, they mention it a lot, yeah. a lot of different things. Yeah. And there's no context really given with it. There's no time scale. Mm. It was just like, and he nearly died. Yeah. That could be a thing where he's, yeah. you know, searching and aiming for that thing. So, Sean, you, we, were, we were talking about, like, when, when his dad left. And there's a little sad kind of a adventure Ed goes on in his pre-teens. And his ma's an awful cunt. You were looking for <laughs> that stuff. So, tell us tell us a bit about that. What is that even? Or is ma being an awful cunt? Either. Either. Yeah. Uh, right, I have it here. <laughs> um, when his parents split up, Ed Sr. moved out and he was raised by his mother in Helena, Montana. His mother was a brutal alcoholic and abused Ed to no end. Uh, she had a notion, notion that if uh, she coddled little Ed, it would turn him gay. Yeah, imagine. Yeah, that's... Well, uh, that would be nice, my son. He turned out to be a faggot. You're like... Can't even um, hug him. Can't even hug him. That, that's not really... That's, that's key. That's, that could be key. Yeah. Um, that's it. It's always either not enough hugs or too or many too many hugs. hugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> going, going past hugs, maybe. Yeah. Uh, she, uh, where was he? Oh, she was extra hard on him. Later on, when Ed was killing the cats, uh, his mother found the heads of his sister's dolls decapitated, and he was found to be stalking second grade teacher by looking in through her window at night, armed with his father's army bayonet. Wow! Yeah, he took he took his he's he's escalating quickly, big time. He's yeah. out like peeping Tom and yeah, but with a fucking, weapon as well, with not, a weapon. Yeah, in case it goes bad or what, like, and, uh, or in case he, the story goes like wanking into the bushes and yeah. looking at his, you know, like what what is the weapon for? Is it is he? looking to build up the courage and go in and kill her or is it in case she spots him I mean we talked about Bundy's adventures right right and they all started off with peeking in through the windows and then he eventually like would go into the room when the woman is asleep and rearrange her stuff or steal something or cut a bit of her hair right. and then it turned into he would go in and he sexually assaulted someone and left bet the shit out of her and then the next one who says he went in sexually assaulted her and brutally murdered her so it's, yeah, it's and then it escalated into okay I can't keep doing that so he went out and he, he started abducting people so it's an escalation all the time Joseph Fritz is the same he would go around and, and look into people's windows and wank into the bushes and it eventually meant that he ended up raping people and he ended up in jail and then in jail he's like geez, well I can't rape strangers <gasps> I know I built a dungeon for my kids like it just it escalates right. into that kind of thing so like Ed had those drives early yeah, on those characteristics yeah yeah in the time when parents were going it's weird but it's not a serial killer but now like if your kid is like hello mother just twisting the fucking tops <laughs> the barbies, off cats, like, yeah. you're like uh yeah yeah you're, you're sitting so, in and all the barbie's heads <laughs> yeah. are on this little thing and he's made an upside down crucifix and he's like <laughs> melting the bodies into some weird fucking dildo <laughs> Like, uh, you're yeah, ask so, something's wrong here. Yeah. Be like, Can we give him some tablets? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Maybe lay off the Power Rangers. <laughs> yeah. Okay, where were we? Uh, armed with his, uh, the, the bayonet, yeah. Clarnell, that's his mother's name, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's, that's, that's it. What a shit name, yeah. Yeah, that'll tell you a lot. Um, made a makeshift dungeon for Ed uh, for his early teenage years in fear that he might sum up and rape or murder his sisters at night time yeah imagine yeah like he's a big boy yeah he could do it he's 13 he's talking about like nearly six foot mm -hmm. and she's seeing signs like she knows he's fucking up the cats yeah. she knows he's he's out looking wa wanking like a demon yeah he's pulling out the, the mickey off himself pulling the mickey off himself out in the bushes 
with a weapon. Yeah. Eyeball on the teacher and like, yeah. I'd be wary too. I'd I'm, lock him up too, yeah. Fair play to her. I mean, maybe just, maybe <laughs> she was in fear for her own life because she was guilty about how she treated him all yeah. the his life. And she, she was probably like, knew it would blow back on her sometime, yeah. I mean, she's going to go to bed at night time and little Ed is going to get a notion and come in and fucking stab her to death in her sleep. I'd say she couldn't get a fucking good night's sleep No, with him just in his normal bedroom because she's like, he's massive and he'll just... Does it mention if she locked him in? Or yeah, she locked she him locked in. in. Okay, yeah. so, okay. Well... Uh, could it be that maybe she was in fear for her own life because of the hurt she had inflicted on Ed? The trap door to the basement was under the kitchen table and Ed would be let out at mealtimes like a dog, man. Yeah. That's rough. It's like a little small box scene. <laughs> like a, like a, it wasn't a full basement like you see in those, you know, those TV shows in American that have the stairs go down and yeah, it has yeah. all the stuff and the sofa and it. It was like a box, like a box room. It was room. like, yeah, a box like a utility room, room underneath yeah. and it had a furnace and all. <sighs> right. Damn. Yeah. Uh, it was a cot in a basement with a furnace and little else. It was lit by one single light bulb with a pull string and Ed spent the start of his adolescence in there. He said he would often have hallucinations and his imagination ran wild. He even said he talked with the devil often down there and could see his eyes in the flames of the furnace. Seems fucked. That does seem f- a little fucked, yeah. Like, le- like, let's take that apart a little bit. Like, his ma would put him in the basement for hours Locked like in. Locked in. Overnight. Yeah. Only them at mealtimes. Under the kitchen table. They're up there maybe eating, having a bounce and Living their life. Yeah. And he's getting burned by the furnace. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to the li- to the light of a single yeah, light yeah. bulb. Having chats with the devil. He wasn't even allowed to have like books and stuff down. He was just down there with his own imagination. In his own devices, yeah. Pulling the goods of himself over the future. <laughs> and having a dance with a dead cat. Like what what do you expect, man? Yeah. Like that's 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 crazy incarceration. That's like Ring social service, get him some help. Yeah. Like, it's too, that's too much. Yeah. For a kid. And he's 12, 13, yeah, 14. Yeah, he is a kid. He's still a child in his head. Yeah. He has no rhyme or reason to why he's down there. Mm. Becoming institutionalized, becoming, you know, capped. It's like slot from the Goonies. Like I wonder, was there a part of him that thought it was for his own good? Like, or I'm sure, that I'm it was, sure, yeah. that, that, that he could rationalize it while he was down there, that he was a little fucked or... Like, I mean, he'd have the guilt of killing a few cats. Now, unless yeah. he's a total psychopath, which he doesn't seem to be, but like... But the, yeah, the guilt of actually killing the cats, but then he knows the thoughts. I'm sure yeah. he had thoughts of, you know... Escalating. Escalating, yeah. So maybe he could... That's why he didn't try and fight back as hard as he could have. Like, surely... Yeah. Like, they let him out. Like, oh, yeah, I'm not going back in there. Sorry about you. Like, he's six foot tall, so surely he could, like, stand up on a thing and, like, push the door yeah. or push the weight of the table. Maybe like. so, yeah. Surely you could do that. Yeah. <laughs> if you really wanted to get out. So maybe his ma is like psychologically, you deserve yeah. to be down there. Blah, blah, blah. And, and, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, mother is God in the mouth of a child. Mm. So like he respect his man and she had psychologically damaged and conditioned him to shut the fuck up. Yeah. And, and believe he deserved to be down there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wouldn't do it. No. Well, but look at some of the abuses that you think some of the stuff that, parents can do to kids like mm. some people now like have you heard about this that there's uh, women giving bleach enemas to kids with autism i have heard of that yeah and, and they're can, trying to cure their autism because they think they have arse worms that's giving them autism yeah and you can buy the stuff online and they're selling it as medicine but it's, it's fucking bleach yeah they're they're putting bleach like poisoners of yeah. bleach poison up their fucking kids arses yeah that's crazy crazy and they think they're doing good well there's someone's brainwashed them or they're not very clever 
or they, they condition themselves to go like I have to do something I have to yeah. take agency over this helpless situation my child has this condition and mm. I can't fix it like you can think Clarnell is there going like my child is a murderous psychopath and I can't fix it what do I do uh, I don't want to lose him yeah it's time in the fucking time put him in the basement <laughs> right <laughs> see what happens see, see how that plays out yeah decision right yeah Maybe fair play to her. She taught you. Maybe she's doing the right thing. Yeah. I mean, if she only kept him down there, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where were we? At the age of 14, Ed ran away from home from Montana to where his father lived in Van Nice, Van Nuys. Van Nuys, California. And uh, when he found him, and after only a few days in his company, Ed Sr. said he didn't want him and sent him to live with his own parents. That must have been a pretty... Shit. Terrible, yeah. Shit, crap. Yeah. Imagine like, Daddy, I found yeah. you. It's like, oh, shit. So neither of his parents want him. <sighs> yeah. Or the one that does want him wants him in a basement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Dad, mom's keeping me in the basement. <coughs> or, oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> oh, Dad, oh, Mom. Can you imagine? <laughs> Talks like that. <laughs> oh, Dad, oh, Mom was keeping me in the basement. <laughs> and um, she'd only let me out at mealtimes. Uh, uh, I saw the devil in, in the furnace. <laughs> and his eyes were dead. Can I stay with you? <laughs> Nah, oh. see it. <laughs> oh, okay. Good I understand. <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, Jesus. Uh, yeah, Ed's uh, paternal grandparents in North Fork, California. Took care of him. Yeah. Yeah, he sent him off to live with them. I'm sure they were delighted. Oh, fucked up. Ed Sr. had a new wife and stepson, and the new woman said that Ed gave her migraines and was dutifully wary of this creepy monster man living in the house with them. It would be too. Yeah. Like, he stayed for a few days. And then the step, the step mother or whatever is there. Got like, a good gauge of him, yeah. Ed, <laughs> I can hear him at night time. He's chanting <laughs> and masturbating very loudly. <laughs> His massive hands are making lots of noise. <laughs> can you imagine? Yeah, but yeah. So like being in the fucking house and with, no with one that guy, yeah. And he's like, only what, what was he 14, 15, 14, 14, yeah. So he's at peak, like his masturbation career yeah. is at like his peak performance. Yeah. Talking about six, seven a day, probably. Oh, yeah, easy. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> he's out there. Just, that's, a, yeah. that's average for yeah. me. <laughs> um, where were we? Uh, Ed, the first, and his uh, wife, Maud, were not happy to have him, but they took him in. Grandpa Ed was senile as Ed refers to him, and his grandma was a bit of a cunt, just like Ed's mom. They said, you marry your mother, eh? She was constantly belittling him like his mother and then making fun of his size and chastising him and emasculating him in front of his grandfather. Yeah, well, a cunt. Yeah, so it's just this... But they weren't... They were his father's parents. Yeah. So... But you marry your mother. Yeah, yeah, okay. So it's like... Yeah. Ed the second married Clarnell because it's like oh you remind me of my ma she's a cunt as well ah, I see yeah yeah do you know and then the granddad obviously old and after getting fucking emotionally abused for the whole relationship <laughs> and stayed with to her yeah he's just gone so his brain is just like I'm out mush, here. yeah yeah I'm out for my own good <laughs> yeah. he's pretending to have Alzheimer's so I have to remember <laughs> your bullshit and then Ed the second so that's Ed the first so Ed the second going out with Clarnell got her married got some kids and I went you know what bitch I'm fucking out yeah divorced her Found a new woman. Found a new woman. Happy new kid. Yeah, new, new kid. New all the stuff. Yeah. And Ed comes over. Well, oh, fuck. All right, go live with grandma. On to the next cunt, yeah. Because, like, I can't send you back with your Mac because she put you in the fucking in the, in the yeah. dinner box. <laughs> like, you're done. Yeah. Well. What a shit life. <laughs> Do you know? Uh, on the uh, 27th of August, 1964, as uh, Maud Kemper sat and reviewed a children's story she wrote just at the kitchen table, 
Ed shot her in the back of the head. <laughs> yeah. As she's writing a children's story. Yeah, with a rifle. Damn. Uh, he shot her twice more in the back and then went and got a knife and stabbed her multiple times more. It's a bit of overkill there. His first murder, he went hell for leather. Like, Well, I think, think about it. Like, he, he, he couldn't... He, like, he's probably he releasing a lot of... Uh, yeah, you can't yeah. kill your ma or whatever. Right, he can't, he can't do... Yeah, he can't you know, bring himself to... Sides, you know. Yeah. So... The nearest thing. Nearest thing, grandma. Granny. Went yeah. to granny. She was giving him all the abuse mm-hmm. that his ma was giving him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know what, actually... You know what, actually? Actually, fuck you, actually. And there's a gun here. Blew his fucking head off her. Yeah. And it was like, oh. I like that. <laughs> Give <laughs> that knife. <laughs> just like, I've already killed her. Let's fucking get this. Have a bit <laughs> of crack now. <laughs> just like that murder wank. Just bang, 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 bang. Like, the, what, what it must feel like, Sean. Now, I'm not right. saying, like, I've thought about it, but I'm, I have. And I'm <laughs> but I've thought about it, it now. Yeah. Like, you know when you get, like, a big knife and it just goes, like, like, right, like, <laughs> Right into like mate, and you're like Jesus. Like, how easy would it be to just fuck stab somebody, and then like, just like, like it go in easy, yeah. It go in easy. You yeah. just be like, Fum. and then you're like, oh shit, and then you pull it out. And you're like, oh, stupid. okay, we'll go in easy again. Yeah, you put something inside there, and now I'm gonna die. Like, we're all really only operating under a social contract that we don't we don't just do that to each other. Like at any point. Like, I've loads of knives in the kitchen. You could get one to kill me, or I could get one to kill you. We just start stabbing each other, and then it's all like, oh no, it's like a Stephen King book. Like, <laughs> we're all under just a social contract. Yeah. That none of us are going to do that, but there's fucking knives everywhere. Yeah. And I other mean, things, blunt instruments, objects. Uh, I mean, that's even harder. A blunt to bash your head in. Okay, that's not as easy. Like, for me to do that, I'm very unfit. I get like two or three good, <laughs> heavy smacks. Good belts in, and yeah. then the rest of them, like, out of breath, and it's not, you know, to, you know then the tables turn, maybe I grab it. Yeah, and you're like, we'll ah. have a go at you. If I didn't get you with the first one, you're fucked, you know. <laughs> but like, they go on about guns in America and all. If you don't have guns, you have less less gun crime. And you're like, yeah, but there's fucking loads of knives. There's shit. pipes. There's yeah, it's loads of knives. Mm. Everyone has them in the kitchen. Do you know? Yeah. I've seen all the movies. If someone wants to kill someone, they can do it. Just go into the kitchen, pull a knife out of the block, big, massive, like yeah. unwieldy, fucking mm. chopping knife, and just goes that's right in you, yeah. and that's yeah, fucking just game over then. Yeah. Well, you, you might not be able to kill as many people with a knife versus maybe a Maybe not, maybe yeah. not. I mean, but still in a, a like a murder house type situation yeah. or in a Where no one can like run that. or something, yeah. Grab that knife. So like Ed Kemper is really only under his own duress is he not murdering people. Yeah. Like he's going, I'm choosing not to, but I thought, I'm choosing not to, but I totally could. <laughs> and then one day he just fucking did. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's do it then. Yeah. Do you know? And once you broke that seal, I think, and it's yeah. the same with a lot of serial killers, they go and they do a little, and they take a trophy and they do a thing and do a thing. And then finally, boom, first death, you're like, oh, that's the thing. Yeah. That was the thing I was looking for. Brilliant. This is my fantasy football. This Brilliant. Yeah. They're in it now. Yeah. And they're like, that's the thing I want. Okay, shush now. <laughs> Don't say anything. I'm enjoying it. Like, it's fucked. It's, yeah. And once that seal is broken, they're away, they're at the races then, like, they're off on loads. Yeah. Okay, where were we? To save his grandfather the awful sight of his uh, dead wife, Ed shot him too, straight away when he came home. The senile granddad. Yeah, he was coming home. That's brutal. Yeah. Didn't even let him out of the car. He was standing in the driveway. He had grocery bags in his arms. Oh, no. And uh, the the granddad was getting out. Hey, Ed, I got you uh, those uh, pudding pops you were talking about. And uh, I got, what are you doing with my my rifle, Ed? Ed, no. Ed, no. Sorry, Grandpa. <laughs> you know? Yeah, Jesus. 
and he's fucking ra- fucked. Yeah, he right. But yeah, he did it for a good reason, though. To spare yeah. him the sight of his dead wife. Well, not a good reason, but it maybe reason. maybe in his head it was good. Yeah. He could, could have just said, "Don't go into the house." Yeah, matter <laughs> yeah. doing something. <laughs> uh, he rang his mother in a panic and asked what to do, and she rang the police. The, they took little Ed into custody, and he said he did it because he wanted to know what it felt like to kill Grandma. That was his reasoning when he was fifty. I wanted to know what it was like to kill Grandma. Imagine a fifteen-year-old saying that to you. So he was thinking about that then. I, I, I guess because she was being a massive cunt as well, and he was like, "Well, I'm not locked in the basement. Yeah. You're fucking annoying me. You fucked up here. You've unlocked me up. I'm free. I'm gonna." And famously, you know, it's a well-known fact that people's justice boner. <laughs> it kicks in in your brain there's like justice chemicals that turn on in puberty so when you're 15 you want revenge you want your, your sense of justice is massively heightened and that's why you get all you know like I'm right like, I'm right that's not fair yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not fair like, <laughs> how the fuck do you, what the fuck do you know about fair yeah like I've hormones <laughs> I know fair so th- th- there's a justice thing in him where he's like I don't deserve this yeah I want a bit for me yeah yeah so he ends up going fuck you grandma <laughs> uh, ah yeah it's terrible I mean You'd make light of it, but it's 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 pure pure sad the way he was treated, you know. Yeah. Tell him all about it, those conspiracy guys. Uh, he was put into a Tascadero State Hospital after being assessed by psychiatrist David Lund, who interviewed him at length under uh, a, a police um, observation, and they thought initially that he had paranoid schizophrenia and he was admitted to a psychiatric facility but the youth authority of california and social workers thought it was a little bit extreme they were like do you really think he has fucking paranoid schizophrenia already like is this a this is a pretty final and vital diagnosis like this is the thing that will inform what we do with him the rest of his life going forward yeah do you know you're putting in you're putting in medication in there that takes a long time to get out if you have ever I don't know if you've taken antipsychotics, Sean. No, I haven't. They're, ve- they're, they're not great crack. Okay, right. They're not great crack by all accounts, you know. Um, especially long-term use. They're, mm. they're reducing motor function. They're, they're locking up a lot of muscles. They're make, Like, you're not psychotic anymore, but it takes away an awful lot of other faculties. Yeah, you know? there's negative side effects. Big yeah. time, yeah. big time. So you're putting that stuff into a child that's mm. on a very sp- like spuriously diagnosed disease as well at the time you're talking schiz- paranoid schizophrenia in the late 60s yeah. all i can think about is one flew over the cuckoo's nest yeah do you know usually if someone was beyond beyond retribution mm. for their condition you get a fucking lobotomy yeah if you start to become a violent or you start showing signs of they just bring you in and that's the solution you get a little a little the way they do it is they they go in in your eye hole and they push your eyeball down and they put a fucking metal yoke up and it has a little calipers a little snips on the end and they just go and they just cut away a little part of your frontal lobe wow um by going in through the front of your eye do you know and they do that they do a blind you can't actually see yeah or they can see they can measure but they can measure okay i mean not in real time it's not an exact science yeah yeah just go up and just go chop 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 yeah like stirring an egg in in a in a milk bottle do you know, you put the egg in and you can't see into the milk pot and you just put the fork in and it goes, <laughs> and you know it's scrambled in there, but you don't know what it really looks like. It's fucked. Yeah. I mean, imagine they did that to uh, Rosemary Kennedy, to John F. Kennedy and Bobby Kennedy's sister. I was going to say that, yeah. I'd heard that. She was uh, a small bit promiscuous. Right. And they just wanted to sort her out. It was the Americans' version of the Magdalene Laundries. The, the lobotomies for just women? Just a lobotomy. Wow. <laughs> she loves the cock. Lobotomy for you. <laughs> God. Do you know? Yeah, it's brutal. Brutal. 
So that was what was on the cards for Little That was Ed. on the cards for Ed, okay. If, if, he, if he was misdiagnosed. So the California Youth Authority and social workers came in and went, nah, man, come on. Reluctant, yeah. Let's wait. Like, let's see how he goes on. So they wanted him reassessed. And he was then reassessed over the period of a year. And he was re-diagnosed with personality trait disturbance and borderline personality disorder. So there was... That's Obviously, a, it's at a lesser, category. much, much lesser. Much yeah. le- okay. I mean, it's a, it's a, a manageable, med- like less medicatable condition. Okay. But it also involves like counseling. It also involves, you know, talking stuff out, which usually helps rather than a knife up the nose. Sure. Or up the eye. Yeah. Just fucking scramble your brains <laughs> yeah. or tell us your Have story. Have a chat, yeah. And the stuff that he was starting to tell these counselors and, and, and people were like, oh yeah, no, you had a fucked up shirt. Of course you're mad. Of course you were fucking pulling cats apart and... Hmm. It's understandable that you would shoot your grandmother if <laughs> she exhibited the same personality traits as your cruel mother. And people were like, oh, yeah, Ed, you know, you're a real, you're a real gone kid. Like, you're actually is, a stud, man. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're tall. You must be tacking. You must be tacking. So they tested his IQ as well in this place. And it turned out that he had 145 IQ, which is way above uh, uh, genius level. Way above genius level? Yeah. Like you're talking average IQ is 100. Okay. Operating IQ in society is 70. Genius level is 140. Okay. So 145 is a good bit above. Mm. Like if you think it, Einstein had that. Marilyn Monroe had that. That's how, that's how smart rare. they were. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ed Kemper's like Einstein level. Mm. Maybe a little bit less. Yeah. Do you know? But still a super smart dude. Yeah. And he had murder on his lips. And those tests were accurate at that time. I mean, how accurate is an IQ test? If you've yeah. seen the questions already or if you've taken one already, it skews your results. Mm. Do you know? Have you taken an IQ test? No, I haven't. No. I'd be afraid to take one of those, maybe. <laughs> right now, you have to take one when you're, when you're already practiced <laughs> at maths. Still alive, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think um, the way the IQ tests are done now, it, it uh, measures all the stuff like spatial and uh, mathematical, logistical and... All that kind mm. of stuff. So it measures across the board. Like I did one years ago. So if I did one now, it'd be, I did one in my like mid twenties. Right, say. right. And I got 144. No, you didn't. I did on online. You're almost Ed Kemper. Hey, <laughs> I'm a very smart man. <laughs> but like, if you're doing, if you're doing one now, if I was doing one now, I might get less because I'd be anticipating the questions or I'd know how the questions work. It's supposed to be like a brand new on thing. Instinct, sort of, so yeah. the more you take of them, the less effective they are okay. in the numbers. So if I took one now, I could get more, I could get less. Right. But it wouldn't be accurate, you know? So the first one is the most accurate one. I mean, because his first one's different types from different companies as well. So. His first IQ test was 135, I think. It was. They yeah. tested them earlier yeah. and he got less. Right. Yeah. So I think the 145 is maybe a misnomer because mm. he understood how those tests worked and he was smart enough to figure yeah. it out too, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I wouldn't take another one because I got a real good score in the first. <laughs> You're going to tell the story. Tell the legend, everybody. <laughs> so at, at, at Atascadero, uh, he was a model prisoner and he was made a trustee. Uh, and then he used these privileges then to uh, to look at files and learn the behaviors that would allow him to be released. He was allowed to like work in the library. He was allowed to mm. be like an office helper and stuff sort like of that. Project, project the image that he was he was uh, reformed. And yeah, 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 yeah. And he was a young kid. He was 16. He's mm. like, oh, I want to I want to be uh a functioning member of society. Uh, I want to be able to help uh, the people here. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a benevolent person. And do you think he uh, he still harbored drives for murder or did that reignite at a later day? Well, 
the files that he ended up looking up were files of other sexual assault victims right and assessments of perpetrators by the doctors and transcripts of you know interviews by them describing their awful awful crimes okay and then he'd like commit all these to memory and go back to his cell and pull the belly out of <laughs> so he was a furious masturbator in this facility it was no it was no just a known fact yeah. it was a, a you know market uh, uh, notice, notification of how many wanks he had. Like, he was like, um, I broke my record today. I also broke my uh, perineum. I just pulled it off with giant hands. Giant hands. Yeah, he's wanking over all these uh, memories of, of the transcripts of people getting sexually assaulted. So obviously, it's still tickling his kicker. Mm, yeah. It's in there somewhere. Yeah. We're still in puberty this time. I mean, look, dude, when we were that young, You'd wank to anything. Everything was porn. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? The fucking Sears catalogue. You have... Something the, fell off the table a certain way. I was yeah, in yeah. the bedroom. Oh, man, look at the way that spaghetti's out there looking at the titty. <laughs> you know, I'll oh see man. you in five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What are we having for dinner, man? It's fish. Oh, fuck. Back in a minute. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, like... If that's all you have, you're in, a, you're in that sort of you're gonna find something. Yeah, you're going to find reports. You're going to find something. But his imagination is where I lived. I lived yeah. his imagination. It was all about it. So you know, he'd take those images that, that maybe he might not have seen. Like, do you know the way when you're that young and you don't know that a thing exists mm. and then you find it and you're like... Or the first time you see oh, shit. porn or something, it's like, yeah, the alarm bells go off. What in the fuck? Yeah, there's some primal, yeah. like, goes inside you. Do you remember, do you ever remember seeing, like, proper penetrative porn for the first time and you're just like, whoa, whoa. like, you're choosing <laughs> yourself because you're like, oh, 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 yeah. oh, you just oh, can't oh, come to terms. I don't know what my brain is yeah. seeing. This yeah. is, is this the thing that, burr, burr. Like, <laughs> and then all your mates are in the same room and they're all having the same reaction yeah. and then you Everyone's all just agree in. to just have a real quick wank everybody <laughs> together and say nothing and no tell anyone ever. <laughs> Did you ever happen to you? Because that, no, it didn't happen to me. Not like that. Um, We'll yeah. talk about it later. <laughs> yeah, that's the show. I won't cut that out of you. It's hilarious. Uh, it didn't happen that way. I want to show. But yeah, when you see it, like when you watch it go in for the first thing, you're like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> Wow. So that's what that's for, right? Got a funny feeling in my belly. <laughs> like Ed was getting that while he was reading the transcripts of uh. how murderers would fucking rape and dismember. Like the people that were in for the same shit as him. Yeah. In this fucking <laughs> facility that had like youths and adults, and he was a trustee allowed at all the files, so he was even getting to see like the pictures of, of, the, the, of, of some the of the victims and stuff like that. So it was like, I think at that point, if he wasn't properly monitored, I mean, look, strange at, that they allowed that. Yeah, that's, I mean, he was a trustee and he didn't yeah. like. I mean, he wasn't into sexual crimes, so he's like, yeah, go on, whatever. Yeah. But he found out he's like, um, I'm just going to clean your filing cabinet, Mister Sullivan. Uh, okay, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> that kid, huh? <laughs> you know, now it's like, I'm looking for murder fuel. <laughs> yeah. That's what he was looking for. That's what he wanted. Yeah. Give him some ideas. Yeah. I mean, uh, maybe it tipped him off into the thing of like, this is the thing I want. Mm. Do you know? Yeah. And you know, you don't know that until you see it first. He, was, he could have been jealous reading these guys doing this stuff. And yeah, you know, I, I'd love to try that. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. I wonder how that feels because it felt great. Yeah. I've shot shooting a book, granny yeah. and stabbing the shit out of yeah. her. Let's try a bit of this dismemberment, the rape, and all the rest. Yeah. yeah, maybe that's what it is. So he's eventually released from the facility at twenty years of age after missing out on his entire adolescence. He's in there since he's fifteen, so he's in there five years nearly. Uh, and it was obviously. He was released against the recommendations of the hospital uh, and his psychiatrists 
still he passed all the tests he was able to look at all the stuff from other patients that had gone through certain procedures similar to him that were in similar situations five and, years for a double murder and That's he knew he, well he knew what to say like yeah. he, he was an adolescent and he was in it not for the crime but for the the psychology the psychopathy of it right, right. like they were putting him in there going he's not fit for society so when they're doing their psychometric testing or whatever on him uh, to see if he's okay to be released he's reading all these other files and he knows what the people are looking for so if they yeah. look through a transcript of like I asked him does he have any murderous thoughts and he said sometimes and this is an indicator of further things he was like oh so if I say I don't have any of those uh, maybe I might get out yeah you're like he, he fucking gamed the he's, system yeah he's clever enough to do it yeah I mean that's that's the story if you're going to tell the story tell the legend like that's yeah. the story of the the 145 IQ 619 yeah you know, clever murderer who yeah. got out because he wanted to fulfill the fantasies he found in the awful books in the mental hospital. Yeah. And to come up with that plan at 15, 16, like... Shit. Yeah, yeah. That's hardcore. So he's out on the streets at 20 and uh, also against the recommendations of the psychiatrists, he was released back into the custody of his mother. That's a mistake. Fucking big time. <laughs> uh, she had remarried and uh, taken a different name. And she'd also, moved into, uh, she'd also moved to California and began to work at the University of California, Santa Cruz. And, you know, Ed was out living with his ma in Santa Cruz. It's a hippie town. It's the 1960s. It's a, a, an annex of the University of California down there. And it kind of got a lot of the artsy crowd. A lot of the hippies were down there. Mm. Everyone was drugs and all the rest. And, yeah. and, yeah, acid. And this was the time, like, it's... Uh, uh, late 60s almost into the 70s yeah. and you know I think it's at least in 1970s so it's like the the, the peak end of mm. this free love vibe and he's in Santa Cruz which is like the fucking one of the centres of yeah. it on the west coast and delighted saying, with himself delighted he's yeah. out he's yeah. fucking free again he's got a back catalogue of ideas <laughs> he, he has a menu a yeah, murder a menu, menu. Yeah. and he's seeing all these young ones going around on rollerblades you know in hot pants with bikini tops and Santa Cruz man and loads of fucking dreadlocks and weed smoking and acid and all this and he's like yeah fucking this is get cool. a piece of this it's yeah. a fucking deadly place yeah. <laughs> he lives with his ma and then he said to his ma like come here can you like help introduce me to some of the the people from, from college these nice young ladies mm. and she would often have fights and scream at them and say you'll always be on your own Ed you know, be on your own. They're, all these girls are too good for you. You're a piece of shit. You're a fat piece of shit. So like, straight back into the same. Awful. Yeah. Verbal abuse, psychological abuse, putting them in the fucking Hantley place. I mean, why the fuck wouldn't you? Even f- though at fl- this stage, he's now six foot nine, 300 pounds. So that still doesn't bother her, bother her like enough to not be an well, arsehole to him. Yeah. I think it's a lot, it's a lot less. It's a lot, uh, it's a lot more kind of, um, she, has a, she must know she has it's a... It's a lot tamer than the abuse that he was getting probably when he was... A child. A child, because he's yeah. a child then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now it's like, fuck. Yeah. Shit's but you, coming down. But she must know she has a mental hold on him enough that he won't react. As well, I'd say he's on a few old tablets. Okay. Out of the place and he's... Docile or A little bit docile, a little yeah. bit more kind of controlled and she was given some instructions maybe by the psychiatrist. Yeah, what that. his triggers are maybe or mm. how to deal with him. Yeah. But you don't have she, any cats in the house. Yeah, but she might know better than anyone how to deal with them or how to control them. Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah. I mean, with none of us are known now because they're all fucking brown bread. <laughs> well, when he got out anyway, Ed wanted to make something of himself and he tried to be, you know, a policeman. He tried to, he tried to get into some kind of service 
And he's 20, like. This Where does is... that come from, though? This... Well, his dad was a, a, an army officer okay. who served in World War II. He served his country. So he's a hero to him, do you think? I would imagine so. Okay. Like, Ed Sr., fighting in World War II, like, he'd be considered, like, a war hero. He was part mm-hmm. of, like, uh, Pacific Pacific Ocean uh, nuclear testing this kind of stuff. Mm. He served on the front. I wonder, did he talk about over a year. shooting people? I would imagine there's something in yeah, there. Yeah. You know, the greatest generation, they call mm. it, but did they talk about it a lot? No, the lads in Vietnam didn't talk about it a lot, really, mm. either. It's, a, it's probably a hard subject to broach. Yeah. But if your dad was this kind of thing that you were living up to, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this it. This hotshot soldier, yeah. And in America at the time, and even still now, even, you know, the last 50 years, if your dad's a fireman, you're a fireman. If mm. your dad's a cop, you're a cop. You go into the trade, yeah. Not maybe so much in the last 20, but definitely like in the 50s, 60s, 70s. Mm, that was the dumb thing, yeah. I mean, I could be totally proved wrong. There's going to be a thousand examples. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I could find you a thousand examples to counteract it. It's not a blanketed state. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, generally people would admire, you know, their mm. their parents. And especially if they were in that kind of a virtuous job like that. Yeah. Your dad's in the army, fought for his country. A lot of people would be like, I'll join the army too. yeah. yeah. And you either and he's respected in the community, exactly. and I'm not. So and you would want that yeah. type of uh, societal, you know, yeah. uh, uh, maybe that would get his mother's love then or something. Bang, uh, bang on. Yeah, he wanted to make himself and his family proud. Yeah, to be able to go over to his dad's and he see, apartment. He see, yeah, and go. Do you want me? Now? I'm like you. I'm like you. Yeah. I'm, I'm. Yeah. Maybe he'd be a cop, so his dad will finally respect and accept him, and go like, you know what, Ed. You've done good. Yeah. Thanks, Pop. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm rising my way through the ranks. Commandant Lassard says I'm going to be great. <laughs> Sounds a bit like Trump. This, uh... Oh, does he? Yeah. I'm going to murder, <laughs> murder all of these women. Cut their heads off. Beautiful heads. <laughs> tremendous heads. But he's not. He's down here. Oh, so, oh yeah. Okay. I see the difference now. I see what you're doing. When you say it differently. There's a lot of licking of the lips. And, uh, he says... Uh, a lot of this. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he goes, ah. Uh, ah. Uh, a lot of those uhs. When you put them side by side, they're not the same, right? No. They? No, okay. No. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to manipulate my voice here. So, yeah, he wanted, to be a, he wanted to be a policeman. He wanted to get into a service thing. He wanted to, you know, serve his community. Hmm. And also, like Sean said, probably be accepted and respected by his Daddy, at least, but hopefully by his ma as mm. well, and, and and be more than the useless piece of shit. Well, it's like his mother married the father, so she must have loved him. Yeah. Why did she love him? Maybe he's a he's a soldier. <sighs> I can do something like that, maybe, and get yeah. that love as well. You know, maybe there's something in there. Yeah. And I think at that point, he wanted to probably be something more than just like, you know, a, a, bag, a, you know, a bag checker at Walmart or something. He wanted yeah. to... He had... He had I'm guessing... With the IQ and the the, the, the psychological profile, he and thought he was out. special. He thought he was... And getting out after five years, that's going to boost your confidence. The, sure. plan, the plan worked. Yeah. You know, they fell for it. I'd say he had, like... I'm better than... Notions of grandeur. Yeah. Like he, wanted to, he wanted to excel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he became friends with local police officers uh, because they wouldn't let him into the cops because he was too tall, imagine. Yeah. That's really that's unfortunate. I, I, saw, I thought that was weird. Too tall to be a... Sure, you want to be intimidating as a police officer. Uh, Yeah, but it's not like 1840s New York where you're like, <laughs> hey, you patties, put that down there now or I'll give you a lash of my stick. My billy club. Find your eyebrow there, young Murphy. Like, it's not... These... The, uh, I presume, you know, uniforms were standard. 
Yeah, okay. You know, belts were st- he's fucking giant. Yeah. He's a giant. You know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, like, pulling up in a fucking <laughs> a, a police police cruiser. Did that, his car looked like a police cruiser, they were yeah. saying. I read that, yeah. That's so he was obsessed with it, yeah. A little bit. He, uh, he, he instead of being in the force, and he made friends with a lot of uh, local cops, and he hang, hang out in this bar called the Jewelry Room in Santa Cruz, and he was considered by them a friendly nuisance. So he'd shoot the shit with the cops as if he was one of them, and he'd sit around the bar and listen to them talk about cases. And, and these are detectives, and they couldn't sense that he was a... Uh, a murderer. He was conservative. He was like uh, he allied with all their mm-hmm. politics. He, you know, he 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 blended in, and he was nondescript, mm-hmm. even though he was a massive dude. And he just chimed in. He wasn't too intrusive. Yeah. And I think at this point, like he's he's twenty, twenty one. Is he in disguise, or is this who he is he's now? Just this is him. He's a timid guy now. Yeah. Okay. He's not like this That's is in a mask. Well, there was talk in some of the documentaries and in some of the podcasts mm-hmm. I listened that that he would have a dupe a duplicity in his in his character right we'll maybe talk about it a bit more when we start talking about some of the murders yeah. but like he did have the inner monologue which is like fuck everything kill everything destroy 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 right. I hate life I hate people we gotta fuck keep my that mother, inside all yeah. this stuff yeah. and he keeps inside and his outward demeanour was nice soft spoken mm. Ed big gi- friendly giant well he had five years to practice it he's got the act down I mean he's with he's with uh, he's with these cops like 21 22 years of age mm. they're all in their late 30s probably early 40s and there's like there's a young kid he's a big he's a big lunk big lump of a kid yeah big lunk head <laughs> but he's he's nice and he you know he'd buy us a beer now and again mm. or he'd sit at the bar and you know he'd chime in now and again but he wouldn't be overly but th- would they be familiar with the fact that he killed his grandparents yeah they would uh, and they're still I mean he did it in in northern California he did it in North Fork whatever so oh. that's like the length of Ireland away from okay. Santa so they Cruz. Know. Yeah. And that he still put up with them hanging around. I mean, would they know? Is it a public, is it yeah. public? like, I mean, would they, would they have any suspicion to look him up? I don't think it was like drinking with pertinent a, material. With a murderer, no. I don't think they'd okay, know. Man. Okay. Okay. Like think about like those, those records for kids get expunged after a certain period of time and stuff. If you're thinking yeah. of juvenile hall or all these places. You try it as an adolescent, maybe you get a, gets, a, yeah, it gets wiped. Gets wiped off and you don't, you know, yeah. or even like, He's in Santa Cruz, which is a different town, a different city. Like, they'd know There's their no town. no internet and anything like this. Yeah, yeah they'd so, know their town. Yeah. It's the fucking early 70s. Yeah. They know their shit. And you could go to a different place. Like, we did an episode on the Golden State Killer. Okay. And uh, this guy would kill. He, he <laughs> it's crazy. He, he was known as the original Night Stalker. Right. And he was known as the East Area Rapist. And he was also known as some other thing as well. But those two... Two good nicknames. Two, yeah, <laughs> East Area Rapist and the, and the Night Stalker w- were two different, f- fully different sets of murders that had kind of similar, they similar thought it was, enough elements. They, and they thought, thought it was two, two different murders. Wow, okay. And he did one all in one neighborhood. And then when he kind of ran out of victims in that neighborhood, he went down the state a little bit and did another one. And it's literally like a 15 minute drive. So the cops mm-hmm. in that area weren't communicating with the cops in the area of the East Area Rapist. And it took but until he, he last change? year. Oh no, until this year. Well, last year, if you're listening to, to find this out now, the same person. It took to 2018 to what? find out that it was the same fucking person, man. Wow. So he changed his technique, I guess, for both sets. Not, no? not a great amount. Okay, wow. But it's because they were able to put together all of the all of the evidence, and they went in and they arrested him, and he's in his 70s, and they finally caught the guy after not being caught for years and years. Okay. 
So then like, you, then you could see. Then maybe they weren't. They w- they wouldn't know that yeah, he was, yeah. you know, in juvie mm. for or in a psychiatric ward for killing his grandparents because he's just some kid at the bar. They'd have no reason to investigate, and even if they did, it'd probably be quite difficult to find out. Yeah. Okay. So they're on the back foot. They're not suspicious. It's mm. like he's in the power position, really. Kinda. Yeah. yeah. And he's creating a whole new persona yeah. as he talks and he makes up all this stuff with these cops. And he's like, I wonder, is that exciting for him to be? Oh, clo- I would imagine. Yeah, close to the police, and you know. You know, you're thinking about killing people and stuff. And even after the first few murders, he's still hanging out with those police. Yeah. And he's listening to them talking about the stuff that he's done. Oh. Like, if you were a murderer, that'd give you the fucking horn. I'd yeah, say. I'd say so, yeah. Do you know? Have you ever heard anyone talking about you when they thought that you couldn't hear them? Right. Have you ever heard? Have you ever had that? It's a bit, yeah, you kind of, you're, yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's exciting. You're kind of in on the... But have you have you ever heard it personally? Um, Maybe, yeah. No, I can't remember it. Yeah. No? I'm sure that's happened. I've heard it a few times. About you? Yeah. Okay. And I'd be like, hey. Must have, must have been something significant to remember. Yeah, there was a, yeah, a couple of bits. Okay, right. But I wouldn't like name names. Okay. But I was like, one or two, I was like, hey. And I come out around the corner and be like, what did you say? And they're like, oh. Oh, you, like, let, you ah. let them know you were there. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And then other times, just when it's positive, I'd be like, oh, great. <laughs> I wouldn't confront them. I was like, hey. Say that stuff to my face. <laughs> that good stuff. <laughs> I think there's a email there's it a, to my mother. <laughs> Finally, just for you love me. Yeah. Sorry, folks. I'm just gonna have. I have a little um, recorder here. Uh, so when you laugh at my jokes, I'm just gonna record the laughter, and then I'm gonna send that to my mother for justification. Um, she thinks I. She thinks I do well. I can't. Uh, yeah. So like, I mean, I think there's a there's a a study done to say that if people are talking negatively they'll be confronted if they're talking positively they'll be left alone okay something like that and you can see that like on Facebook and Twitter that's totally pulled in my hole okay I'll go and find a study later on I think I've read that before but I was looking it up as part of uh, my thesis at one point where they were trying to confirm like fake news stories so people will respond much more to negative criticism than they will to positive criticism okay yeah and on Twitter and Facebook that was born out to be true you could, you could yeah, people that, aren't right? going to comment going, I really like this. They'll go, I but hate it's not, this. It's not even, yeah, that, but also that I really like this often doesn't get a response from the person that created the thing they really mm. like. But the thing of like, I hate this is is a response from the person of justification to go, why didn't you hate Why didn't you yeah, like it? Yeah, yeah. Why, you know. It becomes a thing then, yeah. So, so positive reinforcement is a passive act and then like negative defense of a, of a, you know, a not fa- non-favorable comment mm. is often responded to much better than a positive thing. Okay, yeah. It's weird. It's yeah. a weird thing, well, but yeah. you can get it, right? I get, I get it. Yeah, it makes sense, yeah. Yeah. People want to defend their, their honor or defend uh. themselves, I guess. Um, so, they, they, like, he moved, like, he fucking hanging out with these cops, do you know? Uh, he wanted to be a civil servant as well. Mm. He wanted to work with the state police. He's too tall again. Uh, he tried for a couple of other municipal positions, but eventually he got a job with the California Department of Transportation. And he was <laughs> at this point with a you know a grown up man's job. He was still living with his mother for the entire time, which is tough, right? I yeah. would imagine uh, if you're in that kind of negative based relationship. Anyway, uh, according to uh, people in and near their lives, they used to get into horrendous battles. Is the the quote? Uh, they would get violent and vicious both verbally and uh, throwing shit and Ed said later uh, the kind of stuff that she said would uh, would quote make me go to fists with a man and I remember sitting there thinking what I would do to her 
Like that's yeah. So it's still there. It's still there. She was pushing his fucking buttons mm. big time, and probably more so because she had the protection maybe of her new husband. Yes. Okay. Think about that. Have they ta- have they talked about that relationship? Not no. really. Okay. Couldn't really find much. Yeah. Um. But I mean, if you had another man in the house, you you probably wouldn't hold back. And then uh, she'd attack him over stupid little things. Like one particular one, Ed remembers uh, while he was getting interviewed, was over getting his teeth cleaned at the dentist. And he said it degenerated into a personal barrage of insults and uh, judgments on his life, on his life choices, on his job, on his physique, on his wow. mentality. He's, he's useless. He's a heavy shit, guy. He's what, 300 stuff. pounds. Like, yeah. Yeah, but so I mean, 300 pounds on six foot nine is I not mean, that yeah, bad. Maybe he can carry it. Yeah. I mean, I see pictures of him and he doesn't look fat. No, he looks a bit of a beast. Yeah. He's like a <laughs> wardrobe guy. Uh, so Ed eventually then got enough money from this job to move out. And he moved in with some friends in Alameda, California. And then he got a girlfriend. And I tried to find out more about this and I could not. Yeah, I, I, I didn't come across that. Name. So maybe the people out there can give a brother a hand mm. if they can find that. And I tried to find it. Couldn't find her name. Couldn't find anything. Did you find the length of the relationship? I, oh, I couldn't find that. I couldn't find that. The only thing I found... So he was 21 and she was 16. Oh, okay. And that they got engaged at one point. Right. I was trying to look for more information on that, thinking like the rejection from that probably triggered a whole lot of stuff. And this, when that broke up, was the catalyst into... Reignite the... Going, going after young, yeah. good-looking girls. And I thought, like, that's a pivotal point in the case where... Because he switched from the grandparents to the other age, or the other end of the age spectrum, yeah. yeah. I started picking up girls. He was like, I want to fucking, you know, I want to, I want to fuck. Yeah. Like he's probably packing a, a rod as well. A weapon on him. Yeah. Six foot nine. What do you expect? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Seen that movie. Siren Ice Cube. Is it Ice Cube? <laughs> Who's in it? What movie was that? Anaconda. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's LL Cool J maybe. LL Cool J. Yeah, yeah. Maybe so. All these fucking anacondas <laughs> on this motherfucking plane. But yeah, it was, um, I know that wasn't, that's, not, that's, that's like two movies. Yeah. yeah, it's three different <laughs> three ones. I don't know. It's one of them lads in one of them things anyway. Uh, but I think that, that the relationship with that girl is more significant, I think, than the history of Ed Kemper lets mm-hmm. on. I did watch some of the interviews, couldn't, there was no mention of her in it. No. I did searches in the uh, PDF transcripts of some of the depositions and interviews that he did couldn't find nothing about so he's keeping that to himself fuck man I don't know yeah. like is that a because he, he's very open or but all the stuff we know about his history comes from, from his him. retelling yeah. I mean there is some like historical things and the stuff about him being in the psychiatric hospital was obviously found by a, a journalist who was able to dig deep and yeah. get permission and do all that stuff so like th- that stuff about m- masturbating and looking through the records and all that stuff from him but the things that he actually did in there, like with the things that he worked with and the mm. so corroborated, someone went like, was he working as a trustee? You're like, yeah, yeah do you have access it. to this? Yeah. So he said that and we're like, oh yeah, well he must've done that because he said it. Yeah. It wasn't just a, a bullshit lie, but I couldn't find out anything about uh. this girl who was 16, they were engaged, she was 21, she was 16. Then they broke up mm. and then you're going, is that the fucking trigger? Is that one final, rege- finally he's out in his own, yeah. he had a job, he had a wage. Yeah. He got with this beautiful girl. Oh, he whitened. He whitened. Because he whitened. Did everything, yeah. And then. She rejects him. She fucking yeah. knocks him out. And you're like, bollocks. That's probably where yeah. he Now he's a time bomb. You know what? Yeah. And fuck that. Mm. I, I thought, I thought, uh, my mother's a fucking bitch. And now the fucking girlfriend is a fucking bitch. <laughs> this, is bu- uh, this is bullshit. The granny's a bitch. All women. They're all, all women. Yeah. And then he said, all right, come on. I want to have sex then. He probably was having sex with the 16 year old. 
popped his cherry off it wasn't into like a cat or whatever yeah. I think there probably could have been like he's like I don't think those cats just died of nothing <laughs> yeah you know? yeah he's doing something weird quite possibly quite, I wouldn't yeah, yeah. almost definitely <laughs> um, but yeah his sexual proclivities and, and his tastes I guess were mm. pretty wild mm. and he was f- probably faking the life out of this young one yeah I and mean, if you're engaged... And he's read a lot of fucked up shit at this stage. Lots. Yeah, so his uh, his drives are going to be, yeah, a little fucked. Like, the scale of what... The scale of what he could find to be his peccadillo is probably quite large. Mm, yeah. You never know. And uh, he... I mean... Well, yeah. at that age, when he's reading that stuff, that's the age when you're kind of establishing your... What you're into, I guess, or... Oh, yeah, I mean... Yeah, so he's been heavily influenced. Well, he's just stuff he's reading is basically murder porn yeah yeah and that's forming the foundation of his uh sexuality yeah 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 it could be that it, like he's, he's like oh no come here i i, I actually I, I like i can't come unless um i can see the inside of your skull or whatever <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do with that <laughs> if you're trying to stay alive and stay yeah. with them and stuff it's like um i can get one of those like uh it's not like you feet know. you know <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you want to just fuck me up your arse or something <laughs> Like, I'm not into getting a fucking, you know, a craniumectomy or something. <laughs> Put a zip on the top of my skull so you can fucking... Take down the clavicle now. Yeah, jizz on my brain or something like that. Weird. I could get, like, a, an, a, like one, a, an episiotomy or whatever. <laughs> you get a fucking ping in, like, a hole in my throat. <laughs> and then you just fuck the hole in my throat if you want. But I'm not going to... You're not allowed to murder me yet. Okay? That's one... That's the line to say. That's the line. Um, so, yeah, it's... it. it <sighs> It is important. Couldn't find anything about it. If anyone out, there, anyone out there in podcast land can help a brother out to try and find uh, some extra information. What I did find at this time said he bought two motorbikes. The first one he totaled and then the second one he also totaled. Right. But the second one was part of an accident and he ended up getting a $15,000 settlement on, on that from the, the person who hit him or whatever. Okay. $15,000 at that time is quite a bit of money mm. and he ended up Move uh, you can move out with his mother's maybe or well he was already out so he was, he, he was out. like okay this is time for fucking Ed for frivolities man yeah. and he ended up buying a, a yellow Ford Galaxy okay. and this was the car that would be then used to uh, pick up all those poor co-eds right. as he went along and if you've seen a Ford Galaxy have you ever seen a Ford Galaxy no must be a good looking car if he got all if the women wanted to get in yeah because he looks you know he doesn't look like a person you'd get in a car with maybe that's it there, yeah. It's a nice motor. Looks fucking cool as shit. Yeah. Get some of them spoilers on the back. <laughs> it looks like it looks like a, an FBI, like it looks like a, a 1970s detective car, yeah. you know, it looks like a fucking uh, Starsky and Hutch or some shit. <laughs> and it had, it, it was a, it was a, it had back seats, but it only had one door. I don't know what you call those. Okay. Types of cars. I wonder, did he buy it's a, a coupe or something like that? Did he buy that because it only had one door? I, I don't so, they co- <laughs> so they couldn't get out or something. I don't think that was the initial thing. I think yeah. it was just a fucking cool yeah. car. <laughs> but uh, he ended up buying this buying this car and uh, picking up a load of mats right. on the way around. So he would he start picking up hitchhikers and he was having conversations with them on the way as to, like to practice his social skills. And you were saying before the show, Sean, something like a hundred and hundred and fifty. It said, yeah, that he, so, uh, that he was practicing, I guess, or yeah, he, he picked him up and let them go, yeah, a hundred and fifty times before moving on to killing one or two of them. 
Like that's I, a lot because he was making yeah. sure that he wasn't going to get caught and go to yeah, jail. Yeah, yeah. But at 22, 23, this is obviously something that he learned when he was in the... Like 150 the is a lot. Like, the yeah. Hospital. Yeah. Where he's practicing and practicing and, pra- and, and, and he probably doesn't want to go back there. So... I wouldn't imagine. Yeah, so. so he wants to get it down. He knows the crack of being incarcerated yeah. Yeah. and he's learned patience by being in there for four years yeah. testing the psychiatrist mm. and testing the thing and going, well, well this one. Maybe this will work. Maybe and talk, this will work. And how to talk to them in a way that they trust them, that he can bring them somewhere and kill them and dispose of the body where there's no people or whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like in Groundhog Day when Bill Murray is, do you know, he's trying to woo Andy McDowell. You've seen Groundhog Day, I'm guessing. I have Oh not, shit, son. Yeah, I know. Really? I'm really missing out. Oh, dude. We'll watch it now. We'll have a drink. Oh, yeah. That sounds great. Fuck me. <laughs> Forget this show. Let's go watch fucking Groundhog Day. Uh, Bill Murray uh, basically goes to this town and he's an awful prick and uh, every morning he wakes up and it's the same, same town and it's the same time and he ends up falling in love with Andy McDowell and finally when the universe has taught him a lesson and he's stopped being a prick and he's like gone through a whole lot of depression he mm. kills himself a bunch of times he still wakes up wow. like it's dark it's and, heavy yeah. yeah it's heavy and uh, the whole time he's wooing Andy McDowell he's learning all about her and yeah. you know he's he's trying to he was such a self-absorbed person the universe was trying to teach him like to be but every day she forgets yeah she that, forgets that he was thing. he's been yeah. wooing him today okay so he'd work out to a certain point and then they were having a they were having a bit of a ban- a bit of a you know a bit of banter and a bit of a kind of a smooch and he goes like i got you ice cream chocolate chip and she's like oh i don't like chocolate chip i like you know a fucking hazelnut swirl or something he's like okay no chocolate chip hazelnut swirl next no day chocolate get chip, it right yeah. and she's like excuse me what do you do? Are you memorizing stuff? Oh my God, you're one of those freaks, aren't you? You're trying to fucking do all that stuff. And he's like, oh no, uh, uh, I'll just go home. And he just went home, went to bed and woke up the next day and tried you know, to oh, stuff. Just perfecting again. it, yeah. And at some point he, he ended up like doing it so well. And it was a, like a perfect day. It was almost perfect. Mm-hmm. And he almost sealed the deal. And he fucked up the last minute. And then the next day he tried it again, but all the stuff seemed like disingenuous and everything. Oh, okay. So you have to like test it and test it and test it and test it to get it right every time mm. and if you're a psychopath or even if you're like a sociopath that you you don't know or someone who's on the autism spectrum right yeah. like they're operating on learned behavior so they know that if you say like uh you know uh your hair your hair is nice and someone's like oh thank you it's like yeah so that gets a good it response. wasn't it wasn't nice it wasn't nice yesterday but it is nice today did you wash it like that like takes a compliment yeah and it's to someone who doesn't know it seems like yeah your hair is nice you must have washed it you didn't wash it the last day and someone's like oh, that's yeah. a fucking ru- kind of rude but not like rude enough to be annoyed but yeah. it's not ingratiating me to you mm. so he's gonna have to he has to learn all of those yeah. things because he has no game you know yeah socially inept yeah so. i mean because yeah. he, he he didn't have a fucking teenager. He didn't have any mates. Yeah. He was locked in the fucking room under yeah. the kitchen. Locked for five years. Five, like locked for five years in the fucking yeah. mental hospital yeah. with mental cunts. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, criminal, so, it was a criminal mental hospital. So like. 150 seems like a lot to practice, but maybe he needed it. Yeah, he needed so 150 10 minute conversations yeah. pretty much. I yeah. mean, wherever, you know, uh, where, where about you going? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like I'm going to Las Vegas. <laughs> oh, road trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Woo. Yeah. Do you know? Like, you wouldn't get a lot of time with each mm. one. And then, of course, when you're driving along, it's like in Groundhog Day, you're driving along. It's like, nice dress. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I had a girl in the car last week with the same dress. She was really beautiful. 
Um, excuse me? Oh, shit. That's right. That yeah. Don't say that line. <laughs> so it's like the practice and that kind yeah. of stuff. Because they turn off then and then be like, or he'd say something creepy, like, you know. Yeah, I'll get out here then. Um, yeah. yeah. Look how big your hands are compared to my hands. And that's something that's cute if you're like kind of smooching somebody yeah. a little bit already. It's like, oh, your hands, my hands. And all oh, I have such big hands, you know. Look how big my fingers are. <laughs> Do you know, or whatever. Imagine what they... <laughs> I bet my fingers are bigger than some of your ex-boyfriend. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Well, that's a go-to. That. That's a yeah. good one. I mean, who yeah. doesn't want that? Yeah. <laughs> Can't get pregnant. <laughs> but like some of the things he might say, he doesn't know. So he's testing. Mm. 150 is not a lot to, to to really. I mean, how many people have you talked to in life? Yeah. Do you know? That's it. You got to have you gotta have a small percentage. You got to have those relationships like that go through ebbs and flows mm. and you get to know someone mm. and you know their limits and the, you know. I wonder though, was that practice or was that enough for him at that time? Like just picking them up and that like, I could kill them, but I won't. I'm getting enough of a kick out of that. And then it just becomes not enough then. Do you or, think it was an escalation? Or was it from the beginning, from the outset, I'm just practicing this so I can kill someone? Oh, that's a good one. Maybe it was, maybe it was like he was just hitchhiking, picking up hitchhikers. Yeah. Because he wanted a bit of company. And that's why he bought the car. Yeah, yeah. Just like, yeah, I'm going to have, I want to have... Try and make some French because he was asking his man, like, will you introduce me yeah. to people in the college? Okay. Maybe there's a nice girl who's kind of tall and she's looking for a tall yeah. boyfriend and she can't. It's the other way, like, yeah. I don't know many girls who so are like six foot, yeah. So but his ma was six foot and she was an awful cunt and she was like physically imposing. But if he's but cruising imagine, for chicks then and he gets 150 of them and they all he wants them to be friends or to maybe go out and all 150, and yeah, 150, 150 times now he's just like, well, they're all dead now. I'm gonna kill the next, the next one or. Like to be you saying that he ended up getting rejected 150 times and then the 151st he got rejected he's like nah bitch you're dead now <laughs> yeah, yeah maybe <sighs> I people, don't think I don't think the intention was to try and fuck all 150 of them it's like each one of these could be the love of my life I think he actually genuinely wanted a bit of just a bit of interaction mm. a bit of practice and he picked up men too okay yeah it wasn't just all girls it was he picked up girls and men and couples and okay. two people and three people and so it was a, you know, a, a, a kind of a, an endeavor to be more social okay. because well, he would, hadn't got any outlet in his job, really. He hadn't got Well, that would suggest then it's separate from the killing because the murders were all women. Yeah. So if he's picking up men as well and couples, it's maybe it's not crossing his mind to kill them yet. It's the social thing. It's talking to people. Maybe. But the first people he killed were like two girls, a couple of girls. Okay. So it kind of broke into... That, like if you're going to kill someone one person probably will be the easier option yeah. at first yeah but then he killed two no people the first time yeah so you, know, you know yeah kill one person might not be enough and might not say like satisfy the like two was good last time maybe i'll do two again yeah like with slider burgers <laughs> yeah. you have one you're like i gotta have two uh, four a two the last time i'm escalating i think i think yeah i mean it, it is an interesting thing to kind of wonder about. I guess, like, uh, I didn't hear anything about that in any of the interviews. Mm. I don't think that was asked because it's not. Yeah. They just thought, oh, you had 150. Yeah, so it was practice. And he, he, in what form? The practice to socialize them, the practice to yeah. have somebody in the car and keep them calm enough to get them out into somewhere. And he volunteered the number of 150. Yeah. So there's no. Could be more. Could be more, yeah. Could be less. He could be. Well, think about if you were in a car and you're a girl. Put yourself in there now. Feel your boobies. <laughs> know what it's like to have life inside you. 
and now you're in a car with a fucking dude who's as big as a wardrobe and you're going hey will you bring me to Sacramento and he's like sure let's drive yeah. and you're going from LA it's like a 40 minute drive and then you take the wrong turn you're like oh no let's not go this way um, oh no this is a quicker way don't oh, you'd worry be shitting yourself. Yeah. you'd be kind of, at that point when you're going the wrong way and it's night time and you're going to yeah. a fucking woods and then they'd be like um oh Jesus yeah. like you could be you'd, you'd be in trouble you'd be fucked a little yeah, bit yeah. now one of the tricks that he had uh, was he was so big that he was able to reach across the whole car and he 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 did this thing where he dropped a chapstick into the handle of the door so he had you know those little chapstick tubes right and when the he you want you want a ride well get in and he'd lean over and he'd open the door and drop a chapstick into the mechanism of the handle Right? Right. In such a way that it would block the handle from opening so and get, get the get door out. open. So when they'd come in, the door would be open. Yeah. He'd open it. They'd get in. It and the chapstick would be behind it. And then when you're stopped at a red light, your one gets freaked out and she goes to open the thing and she's like, pull, pull, pull. And the mechanism doesn't work because he's dropped the chapstick into wow. it. Like how many times do you think you that, yeah. that shit? Different items, trying to figure out which one to What's jam. the best one? Yeah. I can keep it in my giant hand and mm. just open it yeah. and then go for bump. When yeah. she's walking around the car, you just yeah. put the chapstick yeah. in it. Maybe it goes there. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah, that's and he practiced that scenario, yeah. I was told, loads of times okay. where when he was letting her out, she's like, oh, the door doesn't work. Oh, I'll get that for you. And he gets out and walks around and lets her go. Ah. So obviously there was murder on his mind to go like, I'll put the chapstick into the handle and when they go yeah. to pull it. If I wanted a trap where I could. Yeah. Yeah. And the power of that even, like yeah. her going, ah, ah, the let, little fear flick and he's like, hmm. I let it go. I got yeah. my kicks there. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there was there was some and that's murder one, machinations. Yeah. And that's one little scheme he had, or one little trick. He probably had a bunch. I, I'm sure. Yeah. He said that uh, when he traveled around with the girls in the car and they were talking, he would get what was called little zapples. That's his... his little zapples. He, little zapples. Z-A-P-P-L-E-S. Right. I'd drive around with them in the car and ask them questions and I'd get these little zapples. Right. Like a little excited, t- yeah. t- you know. Twinges. Interesting way of putting it. Yeah. And he said he get feelings and stirrings of homicidal urges. Oh God! He knew it was coming. He knew the shit yeah. was coming down the line. He could feel it. Someone's going to die, but not now. Not yet. Not until I have a perfect. And he kept and at no it though. He didn't no, fight against it. He didn't stop. No. Yeah. He knew it was coming. And then later, Kemper and the psychiatrist would surmise well, after he's been apprehended, obviously, that the rejection he felt from the girls that felt that they were like too good to talk. Mm. They were, you know, and the ones that daydream, they were the ones he daydreamed about murdering. Okay. Because, like, you get in the car and he's like, it's nice weather. Mm-hmm. You go to college around here? Yeah. Santa Cruz. Um, you're like, football? Um, can we just drive? Okay. And then she's on the list. <laughs> and he's fucking, yeah. I would pop your head off. <laughs> Like a pimple. Do you know, in his head, he's fantasizing about doing that. And then he's putting the chapstick in, he knows it's in. He's like, mm-hmm. I can fucking kill this bitch. So it's the rejection. That's again, rejection. that's a trigger. Or, yeah. Yeah. Crazy, man. Yeah. Um, the ones that did that to him, the psychiatrist also surmised that this was possibly a substitute for his mother and the anger and resentment and violence that he wished upon her. Okay. So, I mean, rough enough stuff. They were just like a vehicle or yeah like a token or something a surrogate yeah 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 interesting tell them all about it the conspiracy guys 
Um, so then the murders which we're not going to go too deep into if you want to find them uh, I know there's, there's stuff online you can tell all the stuff but between May 1972 and April 1973 Ed embarked on the murder spree that would get him the name the co-ed killer so it wasn't that long it was, it was just under a year hmm. he did six uh, murders of some co-eds some young ladies uh, and then his well no spoilers but his granny and his granda and then two other women which we're trying to yeah. about in a minute yeah. but um yeah, it, it, I mean, it's not a lot, but it's in quick succession. Yeah. He bamboozled the, the, the Santa Cruz Police Department. Mm. People hadn't got a notion. He was getting away scot-free if he wanted to. He could have walked away. Yeah. I wonder what the, yeah, what's that about? Like, what's the drive to turn himself in? Or I think maybe completion, like yeah. gratification for the job well done. Yeah. Finally, he would get recognition from the police for being... So it wasn't guilt. It was, uh, I want uh, everyone to know. I'll turn myself in. I'll be on the news. I'm the guy. Yeah. And he did loads of interviews to make sure everyone yeah, did know. Yeah. So, I mean. Makes sense. Yeah. You can say that. The whole thing was leading to this. The whole thing was leading to him being the co-ed killer. That was the the, the magic thing that he wanted to be known. And uh, his massive size was really intimidating when standing up. So meeting girls in the car was probably easier to get yeah. them in and, you know. He couldn't finally find a way to get out and... It disguises the size. It yeah. does. And especially in that car, you can put the seats down low and all yeah. this stuff. So the, per, the first the first people to go, uh, uh, Mary Ann Pesh and Anita Lucisa, uh, on the, May the 7th, 1972, Kemper picked them up and uh, there was the pretext of taking them to Stanford University. I mean, it's a good bit of a drive. So he drove them then into, instead, into <laughs> a secluded wooded area near Alameda. Of course, yeah. And he had already done the, the palmed off you know, chapstick trick. Thing. He had them. Two of them were in the, one was in the back, one was in the passenger seat. There was only one door out of the car because it was a, I, I don't know what the name of a coupe is. But probably not. I'm not too sure. Like back seats, but you have to lift the front seat forward nah. to get in. You know, this kind of crack. And uh, he handcuffed uh, a Pesh and he locked Lucisa, got her out of the car, locked her in the trunk. And then he went back into the main part of the car and he strangled and stabbed Pesh to death. Pretty slowly and pretty violently. Imagine in the car in the car in the back of the car right so he'd have to clean out the yeah, car I'm yeah yeah I mean uh, yeah like no one was looking for him he wasn't a suspect it was mm. he was going to the bar then to co- yeah. hang out with the cops and go mm. like and there's not there's, yeah, there's not the forensic evidence we have now I guess it's easier yeah just no DNA stuff blood in the back of the car like yeah. shit bit of a scrub yeah. let's call uh, uh, Harvey Keitel mm. out to clean the fucking car you know yeah uh, and then he went around to the back of the, the back of the car opened the boot and he uh he ended up killing Anita as well, stabbed her loads and brought the two of them home and, you know, ch- chopped them up and had his had his way and, mm. you know, all the, the gory details you can find uh, somewhere else, I guess. But uh, he he took them into the apartment and he took photos of them, um, put them into certain compromising positions. He, they were naked and he, he obviously kept those photos for wank material. You, you, can only, you can only assume, yeah. You can only assume, you would imagine. And then uh, he chopped them up and had his way then with the bodies. And he kept them there for a little while and then put them into plastic bags. And then he threw them over the fence into uh, a park in uh, Lorna Prieta Mountain. Uh, and then he he kept their heads for an indeterminate amount of time. Right. As the old police detectives on the <laughs> documentaries would say, he had... Uh, sexual relations with the uh the heads uh oral sex uh with the heads 
he had sex with the head. Like, they were just <laughs> saying it in such this weird, repetitive. He's like, yeah, dude, he has you sex get with over the head. Yeah, like, okay, yeah, 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 we get that's it. That's it, man. Come on. <laughs> um, and then he he uh, put put both of them then in, in put both of the heads in two different bags and uh, got rid of them around about the same area, the Lorna Prieta Mountain. And uh, Pesha's skull was only found uh, a couple of years ago. Really? Yeah. Like I they didn't were, know that. They didn't know where the body parts were and he wasn't giving it up. So. Oh, he kept that to himself. Yeah, that's the thing. He said he didn't remember. Okay. I mean. You might remember that. It's not like he killed a load. But he, of, he, he didn't threw kill- them into a massive ravine. So, I mean, he didn't know exactly where they were yeah. going to be. But people could, weren't looking really. Maybe. Yeah. But he could have said. They, they would have found him. If they knew that location, they could have searched. Mm. Yeah. You can think about the family. Like, mm. they probably want to. Yeah, I wonder, did he, their daughter I wonder did he enjoy keeping that from them, that piece of information. I guess that's the power, right? Yeah. He gives out what he wants. Um, the next girl to go was uh, Aiko Ku, who was a 15-year-old uh, Korean dance student. And I guess this is harkening back to his 16-year-old fiancé. He wanted to have somebody nubile, somebody mm-hmm. young. And uh, she was she was taken on the 14th of September and similar, choked in the car. Uh, and then uh, uh, raped her body and dismembered her, uh, you know, nearby. He didn't even bring her home. Right. At that point. It's like, how are you, like, how are you dismembering? Yeah. How are you dismembering a young one without? Yeah, he must have been very confident in the area or something. I mean, fucking hell. That no one's going to. A what, giant what? lad just going. Yeah. Oh, 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 <laughs> out the back of a car in some car parks. What are you doing there? Oh, chopping firewood. I wonder if the confidence is that, like, it, the confidence is built up. I've got away with a few. Yeah. I can do no wrong. I can. Chop, chop her up here. Or maybe he's like, if I get caught, I don't really care. Like, yeah. I'm doing what I'm doing. And yeah. Maybe he's looking to get caught at this stage on. or something. Or well, he's out fucking yeah. sitting, Roll the dice a bit. Sitting like. with detectives in the fucking pub, <laughs> man. Yeah. He's like taunting. He's yeah. like, come and get me, you know. Yeah. Maybe he's trying to make it harder then. You know, you know, increase the jeopardy and the, yeah, the thrill. The excitement. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would imagine so. <laughs> We've all done it. I mean, in some way, not like <laughs> murders. Um, on 7th of January, 1973, Kemper, who now moved back in with his ma, which is... Probably more more triggering. Uh, picked up eighteen uh, year old student uh, Cindy Shawl uh, at uh, Cabrillo College, and she was supposed to go to somewhere else. And he brought her to a, a hidden, another hidden wooded area, of which there are many <laughs> in Southern California. And he 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 changed up his game this time. He shot her with a twenty two caliber pistol. Okay, and he placed placed her body in the trunk of his car, and then drove to his mother's house, which is right beside his house. Now the way they were set up, there's three areas: there's six hundred nine A, six hundred nine B, and six hundred nine C. Right. And they're all kind of in the same building, but they're separate apartments. So he's living not in his mother's place, but near enough around yeah. the area. So he brought brought her back to the to the the mother's place, dismembered, did some stuff with the heads, and uh, you know the, the the usual crack that he's on. That's about. a thrill as well from I guess to be doing it right under the mother's yeah, nose. Yeah, and then wonder what the, and imagining it was her like yeah, chopping yeah. her up and being like this is as close bitch. as yeah. it can get. Yeah. yeah, the thing with the gun though, switching to the gun versus strangling. I'm sure it was a, a, a like a time constraint thing instead. Yeah, okay, and the gun was part of how he was nabbed as well, you know. So that's it's kind of ironic, like that okay. he started switching to the gun. Um, he 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 used her head as much as he would, and then he threw the rest of the body, uh, uh, you know, over a cliff. The next, the next day, is were, that the one that washed up on the beach? Perhaps? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And she was dismembered with a, a power saw, and it was all it was all very grisly. Yeah. Gri- yeah, grisly, but also like noticeably different to the other one. So he's he's escalating now. He's not yeah. using a handsaw. He's not hacking them to bits. He's yeah. 
using power tools. He has a certain amount of time he keeps the body for, mm. and he's disposing of them differently. Is differently, trying, but also very more efficiently every time. Is he trying to like uh, mess up the trail, or you know, like put people off? Or, yeah, they're not all ending up in the same place. Yeah, and mm. killed in the same way. Yeah. So obviously, he knows not to fucking repeat. Yeah, yeah, the technique. Keep going. Yeah. Uh, we have Rosalind Thorpe and Alison Liu, and on the 5th of February, 73, after a heated argument with his mother, all charged up on anger and resentment and all this stuff. He he went out looking for people this time, and this is what he said in his, in his uh, interview. He's like, oh, she uh, she pissed me off. I want to take it out on someone. So uh, there was there was hitchhikers. Now, because the co-ed killer was out there, there was people being advised, like, only get into cars with university stickers on them. Because people are like, if you're a young girl and you're hitchhiking, which is the done thing. Yeah, I saw some of the things. Yeah, like don't hitchhike, please, and all yeah. this. They were very. It was uh, a big campaign yeah, because, yeah. like, over this whole year, there was a lot of people. Like all before Christmas, from the the summer before, there was a few, like, just three people dead now. Yeah. So they're like, this is a, a an mo. Uh, so if you don't have the University of California sticker, don't get into the fucking car. So Kemper met uh, Rosalind and uh, uh, Allison, uh, tw- twenty three and twenty years of age on the on the University of California campus and brought them off in the car for a lift and knew who he was and it was you know I know this guy and you know he's a, he's around the place yeah. shot them both with a 22 caliber pistol wrapped their bodies in blankets and then brought them back to the mother's house and did the same thing with the power saw and chopped their heads off and dropped them in the same canyon so he's found a nice handy yeah kind of MO like yeah. get it in get it out this is how we do it chuck them in the hole yeah find them Kill him, bring him home. Probably had like a plastic room or something set up yeah. in the house. Chop them all up, get, get rid of bits I don't need, keep the heads. Mm. Bit of a scrub, yeah. bodies in the hole, yeah. onto the next Get one. rid of my clothes, yeah. covered in blood. No evidence. But the thing that he learned in the hospital was don't leave any witnesses. So if there's two girls, two of them got to go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was the thing that got most of the lads in the, uh, the, the psychiatric hospital caught was leaving someone behind. Yeah. To fucking be a witness to you so he's like no fucking witnesses you know um so he 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 threw both of their bodies into the same canyon as the as the first girls um and then on the 20th of april 1973 kemper finally killed his own mother as she lay asleep he bludgeoned her to death with a claw hammer and he slid her throat open with a knife nearly nearly cutting off her head in the blow like to 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 strike down with she's already ferocity. she's already she's dead. already dead with a claw, claw yeah. hammer and he struck down with such ferocity on her on her throat that they nearly decapitated her head in one go um he yeah this is this is yeah <laughs> this bit is this yeah. is the bit where he cuts her vocal cords out or something yeah yeah he cuts her head off he performs certain depraved sex acts with her head uh, and we hear that in Mindhunter where yeah. it's like I cut off her head and I fucked her throat whole and this whole thing is about silencing her, I guess, and it's the power of it. Yeah. He 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 took her head out. He used it as a dartboard for a while. Wow. That's a weird afternoon. Yeah. Throwing that at your <laughs> man's dead head. Then he cut out her tongue and her larynx, and he ground them up in the garbage disposal. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Ed. <laughs> what is the crack? Uh, on the same night then... <laughs> And I don't know why you would do this, Sean. Why would you do this? Okay. He invited his man's best friend over, 59-year-old Sarah Sally Hallett. And when she got to the house, he almost immediately strangled her to death. What, yeah, what's, and the, then, what's the significance of that? Like, Who the fuck knows? I wonder, did she back up his mother? Maybe that's the thing. Maybe she was like, 
your head is a piece yeah, of shit. Yeah, yeah, you're a piece of shit. Yeah, your mother's right to keep you in the basement. Yeah, yeah. one of these yeah. enforcers, you know. Yeah, I, I I would imagine she said some shit, and her head is like, well, your man's gone. And that other bitch, she's a fucking nosy bitch. She'd be out asking around. But the thing with the vocal cords and the tongue. That's this, very telling. This, the symbolism of that. But there was other, the other bodies, he cut the hands off as well. Yeah. What does that, like, is that any, is there symbolism there? Women don't want to touch him or something or. Oh, you could be. You know. Maybe he just wanted to use the hands for like a, a stranger wank. Yeah. He has the head, he's the hands. He's, yeah. he's got the bits he needs. The yeah. whole lot. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, yeah, if it was me. Do you know what I mean? Come and go for a hand. No, but keep like I mean, keep the hand if you want a hand. You know, <laughs> but, if you're into, if you're into, but he the, could bow them off. He could have just took the yeah, good one. You want to change? No, you know, change. change. Okay, one for Mix the shaft and one for the balls. <laughs> okay, who the fuck knows? Maybe he just wants to feel like a woman's hand on his chest as he's, you know, he's got them both on the go, wanking off with her <laughs> hand, like her hand in his hand. It's like a stranger's doing it. Okay, <laughs> call it the stranger. That's what it is. <laughs> That's what I would imagine. Okay. That's just from my own thought. Like you haven't thought about it too much. No, not at all. I'm just thinking right now, like, what would you use the hands for? Um, <laughs> well, there you go. Bingo. <laughs> like an ashtray. <laughs> just have it up like this. Do you know? Oh, God. Just for high, high, like high-fiving people when you don't really want to. You just have it on a stick and a high-five. <laughs> the cat's head, the hand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Like a weird puppet show. Changing the channel on the telly before remote, remote controls are invented. Just hand on a stick, pointed in the thing. Who knows? What else? Yeah. He wanted to. He wanted to be in the shower, and he wanted to <laughs> have someone wash his hair, but he didn't. He didn't want to. He just cut. He could, oh, I suppose you have to do the whole arms then. Yeah. The whole thing. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. Weird. That's weird. a weird thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm just making these up as I go. Yeah. But, you know, someone's calling the police on me now already. <laughs> Take his house for hands. Um, yeah, he he killed he killed Sally Hallett. I guess she was probably going to come over and be a bit of a telltale, asking around like, yeah. "Where's your mother?" Yeah. Maybe maybe oh, he knew she was coming over the next morning. Or, yeah. yeah. He didn't want to be caught straight away. Yeah, yeah. So uh around uh he after he after he killed Sally Hallett, he left a note to the police on the table in his house saying, uh, no need for her to suffer anymore. No need for her to suffer anymore at the hands of this horrible murderous butcher. It was quick, asleep, the way I wanted it, not sloppy and incomplete, gents. Just a lack of time. I got things to do. Now. Right, so not as thorough as the job he did in his mother. Oh, this was about his mother. I, oh, this I was imagine. about his mother. Yeah. Okay. So he was just like, it was quick. She was asleep. There was no suffering, but I'm finished now. Like, I've got okay. what I wanted. So we didn't mention the mother's friend the in that statement. No. No, okay. It's like, I worked up the courage to kill me mad because she's a fucking bitch. Right. Like, and he did it and he said, um. And the other woman quick, is just. Sleep. Nothing. Just a lack of time. He was almost trying to command respect from the detectives that were about to investigate him because they're like, oh, well, he did all these other ones and we couldn't catch him. And now mm. this one is fucking super messy and his yeah. man's lying dead inside the bed. So he's making excuses why it's messy. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Going like, I'm still a pro. I'm still yeah. a pro. I'm the, yeah. best in the best in the biz. Yeah, wait to see the next one. And you have to think that the co-ed killer was all over the news. Like, it was yeah. all over South California. Like Then there was a, a, a detective that was... For some reason, and it seems serendipitous, for some reason, was looking up this kid that was in the bar the whole time. And he just got a weird vibe. Okay. And he looked him up and he said, shit, this lad says he has a gun. Okay. And I don't think he should have a gun because I think there's something. Hold on a second. And he went and actually looked him up. 
and took pains to find out what he had done. And they said, oh, shit, this lad, he's on a gun. He he served time for a guns charge yeah. as a juvenile. So he shouldn't be allowed to have a gun. Yeah. He was in a psychiatric hospital. He shouldn't be allowed. And then they went over to say, like, hey, Ed, I'm going to have to check to see if you have your gun. I'm going to have to check the legitimacy yeah. of it. And, you know, you didn't have the papers and all yeah. that stuff. And as he called over, Ed was getting out of the car. He had just pulled into the driveway. Ed was getting out of the car. And the guy... No, uh, uh, knocked on the window hey Ed and he had his partner with him he's like yeah. hey Ed how are you oh hi what, what can I help you with he's like uh, come here you're going we're going to have to yeah. check it have you got it there he's like oh sure sure and this is the 22 that he killed these girls yeah with. yeah he got out of the car went around to the boot opened the boot and the detective was like whoa 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 I get it and yeah. he opened it, this cloth and I had a 22 and he was like oh cool yeah and then Ed was like well well you got me Right. And the detective was like, okay. But they went away yeah. with the gun uh, and an investigation was pending. And then the next thing, Ed is like but confessing. Did they, but did he have bullets to match up with the gun? No. He took the bullets out. Yeah. Right? yeah. So why was he confessing all of a sudden? Because he was just like, oh, you got me. And then he, he wrote a letter to the cops and he's like. Doesn't sound very clever. Uh, come come and get me. And then he rang and he says, you, you got to come and get me. It's like, who is this? This is the co-ed killer. You've been, you've been suspecting me all along. Uh, ask for Detective Alumia, I think something's yeah. his name. Uh, he he knows me. Mm. He's like, does he? Oh yeah, he was out of my house today uh, picking up my gun. So Ed was just waiting to get caught. Yeah. He presumed if they're out looking for the gun, they knew that was the murder weapon. He didn't. He was trying to find out from the detectives inside mm. in the bar. Did they know anything? Mm. Eventually, he just cracked himself. Yeah, maybe he had enough. For, yeah, had enough being on the run. His man was dead. Yeah. And that was the thing that That's he was the trying motivation, to do the whole time. Yeah. That was the motivation. That, that yeah. was the thing he was trying to do the whole time yeah. was to recreate the thing, the fantasy of killing her because she was yeah. a bit of a bitch. And so were they the last murders? Yeah. Okay. They were the last two. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense then. I mean, closure for yeah. him. And he's like, ah, now this kid is only 24. Yeah. At this point. 24, dude. That's bananas, right? Yeah. Seems strange though. They've got away with it for so long. Yeah. But you don't get your accolades if you're a nameless serial killer. He wanted those guys to respect him. And if he wasn't going to be a cop, he was going to be a bad guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's fucked, man. He uh, he phoned the police, confessed his crimes, and the officers didn't take the call seriously. And he named the detective and said, ask him, he knows. And uh, that detective rang him back on the number that he gave. And he said, who's this? He's like, oh, it's Ed Kemper. You're out in my house today taking my gun. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the co-ed killer. So, uh, come get me. You want to come over and check my mother's house? And they went over and checked the mother's house. They were like, yeah, he killed his man. They arrested him for that. Right. And then while he's in prison, they go, hang on a second. What did he say to me on the phone earlier on? He was caught together. Did he say he was a coed killer? Oh, <laughs> get him back here. And they had to go and ask, did you say you were the coed killer? He's like, oh, yeah. Oh. I, t- I, t- I told you already. <laughs> did you not get that? Right. Come on, keep up. Yeah. Like it was like this, like uh, he wants it, yeah. patronizing thing. So he obviously wants these accolades mm. and his life was fucked. He couldn't really exist socially. And, you know, after all this, he's, mm. it's game over. And I think he's resigned himself to the fact that is this it, is his life now. Is it less, or which is it? Is it that, uh, you know, he's completed his mission or it being on the runs getting to him? Or does he get off on the fact that they will never catch me? They can't catch me. I'm going to give myself in and be a legend. The serial killer that gave yeah, himself it's, in. Yeah, Kaiser Sose. Yeah, yeah. 
I was in you. I was amongst you for so long. Yeah, and you didn't know you me. Didn't know, yeah, he wasn't getting the buzz off anymore. And now he's he killed his mother. Mm. It, the 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 whole drive. Yeah, was gone now because all the things was like, you know. Yeah, building up to that. Yeah, building up, like recreating the fantasy yeah. of killing that he had when he was lying in the basement looking at that one bulb on a string going, fucking, if I get a chance, I'm going to kill yeah. that bitch. So he might, he might have, he must have had so many fantasies, does them all on different women, gets them all done or whatever, build, yeah. maybe saves the best one for her, the, the throat and the larynx and the, yeah. the head. The tongue and larynx yeah. into, the, into the garbage disposal. Yeah. Very therapeutic, I would imagine. Yeah. The noise of that and... Yeah. yeah. Watching it. Yeah. Like the, all that fucking shit you said to yeah. me. <laughs> For sure, yeah. Yeah. Well... How, how old was his mother when he killed her? Uh, in her late 50s. Late 50s. Yeah. So, I mean... Not super old. Not super old. No. She had an old running. And where was the second husband at this stage? Or the... I guess he's out in work or something yeah. like that. So there's no mention of him coming forward or... Nope. Okay. There's no, like, I can't find it. Yeah. So I can't find the the, uh, the 16-year-old fiancé yeah. either, you know. And, uh, well, he was imprisoned when he was finally arrested and tried and all that stuff. He's imprisoned in the same prison as Charles Manson. And he's still there today. He's in charge of uh, scheduling other inmates' appointments <laughs> with uh, psychiatrists. And he's a pl- prolific reader of books on tape for uh, blind people. Yeah, Te- over a thousand audiobooks. He's, uh, yeah, 5,000 hours. Of him reading books. Can you imagine him like... But he's, he was recognised in the blind community as well. Like he's a hero of <laughs> audio books or something. Yeah. 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 He's very, very short-sighted himself too. Oh. So he's like, I want to do something for, uh, you know, people. Here's a story about a bear. One morning, Winnie the Pooh awoke with a start. Oh, piglet, he said. What are we going to do today? Can you imagine him like... Yeah. Uh, do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's going to be hard to enjoy that book, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is, that, is that the dude that, that killed 10 women? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a new, if you knew, shit. Yeah, yeah. Do you know? I'm uh, ready for my appointment, Mr. Craig. <laughs> what? I can't masturbate to this. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? Yeah, weird, man. Um, yeah, 5,000 hours of, <laughs> of book readings. I, I actually would love to hear an audiobook read by Ed Kemper. Can you get you can get them, Kemper? I'm sure you can. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you can. You'll have to write in. You'll have, you'll have to go onto the onto the website for the blind yeah. and fill it in. But it's very hard to see because there's not none. <laughs> you can't see where to fill it in. It's all in Braille. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he the interviews that he did, like there's a lot of him on tape. He did more than Dahmer and Bundy because they did hours of taped interviews. But Kemper topped them all with over six hours of official uh, proper murder taped interviews compared to Le, to Dahmer and Bundy, which only did two each. But there's two uh, on YouTube. One from, was it 1981? Yeah. One from, was it 70s? Or, or mid, 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 mid to late 70s. Mid, and there's mid, one from like early 80s as well. Yeah, yeah. When he was still up for talking. And uh, you can watch John Wayne Gacy's ones. You can watch Bundy's. Like John Wayne Gacy is pretty prolific as well. He's right. like four or five hours. But they don't keep them in like wanting to find out about their fucking you know, their thoughts on modern politics. Right? Yeah. It's just like, tell us about the murders. Yeah. Okay, yeah. back to your fucking box. Yeah. You yeah. know, but Kemper recorded interviews that are publicly available is the most of all of them. Um, He did do 10 dozens of interviews with, uh, like I said, at the top of the show, uh, Mindhunter guys, the, the FBI guys to try and develop profiles for serial killers and stuff like that. 
and uh, he has kind of resigned himself to his institutionalized ways. He knows he can't exist out in society. He's doing quite well. He he, he works well in an institution and uh, he's waived his right to parole for, for many, many years. He was up for parole in 1979. Was he? And denied it. Wow. And then since he's waived his right, he, he was up for parole in 85, 88, 91, 97, 2002 and 2007. And, he, and when they asked him, do you want to go in for your parole here? And he's like, I don't want to go. I don't want to get out of here. I won't stay. So there's nothing for him on the outside. He's institutionalized. He's yeah. the same as Charlie Manson. Like if he did get out, you wouldn't fucking know what to do with himself. Right. And this is at the same time, and he's the same, pretty much the same age as Charlie yeah. Manson. Like this is the same. He's probably he's, someone in the prison, but he's yeah. He might be no one exactly. Yeah. And he's he's helping people. He has like he has purpose in there. Yeah. And there's no social conventions yeah. or any things that you have to live up to in there. He's just like. And the audio books he's building the body of work. He's, yeah. Yeah. Doing what he wants. Doing what he wants. He says himself that he's uh, he's very happy. And contented with his life in prison. And I mean, if he's fucking... How old is he now? He's uh, born in 1940. So you're talking, I guess, 68. Okay. When was he born? 1948. So he's 60. Okay. I mean, fair play to him. Yeah. Is he 60? Or 70. 70. Oof. Okay. <laughs> 70. 70 year old Ed Kemper. Did you get yeah. him on the interview? See if there's any life left in him. <laughs> Re- reading these books and they're just slower. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Harry Potter <laughs> and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Page one. Oh my God, says Harry. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> Listen to the audiobook again. So he hasn't volunteered for any more interviews since 1981? Uh, or there's been no interest? I, I, I guess I guess it's running out. Like, mm. um, like with, with the, the Mindhunter yeah. stuff, a lot of people would, would be back into yeah. it. I can't find that in modern. Yeah. The ones back then. I guess you're not allowed. Like, there's a law that came in after Bundy that said that you weren't allowed to um, profit from interviews about your crimes. Okay. Because Bundy really, like, shook it up a bit. John Wayne Gacy did the same. But Bundy's interviews, like, he purposefully went out to look for some kind of, you know, restitution hmm. for, for a remuneration for his efforts. And it may have had... You know, if it had been allowed to continue, may have had an effect on the case. So I suppose since that time, mid, mid late eighties, whatever, uh, they don't let inmates do interviews with news media yeah. or with journalists or with podcasters or with any of these mm. guys that they would get any remuneration for it. So I mean, if Ed is out there to try and self promote, mm. maybe in the state that he's in, they're not allowing that kind of stuff. I know. Anytime Charlie Manson videos are up there, and he's like, "What are you going? What are you going to do? I'm Charlie Manson. What, what, I mean, are you let me out? I'm going crazy. Like he was obviously putting up the what, show yeah. to make sure that he wouldn't get let back out because he's like, in reality, I'm 45 years of age, and I'm not. Gonna, I don't know what Twitter is. I'm Charlie Manson. Like, yeah, he's not. He doesn't want to fucking get out. You know. I wonder does Ed Kemper get the? Uh, he's brown bread now. Anyway, anyway, Ted Bundy and all they got a lot of uh, love letters serial killer so yeah like with Ed I wonder would he like that his struggles with women now he's uh, I'd say I'd say if he was getting them he'd be like stop sending letters <laughs> wasn't there like vans of uh, fan mail for, for Ted Bundy yeah yeah oh yeah well he's a hottie right come on Sean <laughs> he's a right we can appreciate that he's yeah. a right <laughs> do you know and he's very good with women I mean even if he is killing them or whatever like yeah. whatever they got up to a point he's, he's, yeah. yeah he's just I mean, yeah. <laughs> top <laughs> Um, I don't know if Ed Kemper has any any lovers out there. Mm. Maybe the audience can enlighten it's, us. It's a weird fetish that uh, serial killer sort of. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, what's it? What? Some people just want to be 
It's like the bad boy to yeah, the extreme, man. They want to be dominated. They want to be chopped up. What? Like, yeah. <laughs> what's up? I mean, oh yeah. Did you ever just feel like you just had too many arms? I guess <laughs> <laughs> a bit of egg camper. <laughs> if you annoy me, though, I'd absolutely lose the head. <laughs> So what we do at the end of the show, Sean, is we get off the fence. Now, there's not a whole lot to get off the fence about, but it's just the, the final thoughts, uh, boxing off those final thoughts about um, the certain aspects. Okay. So I'll ask you a couple of questions. Now, it's off the fence. You have to come down on one side or the other, and I'll ask them mostly in a leading way. Okay. For the true crimes, you're probably a leading question. Okay. So for early Ed Kemper, do you think that his mother was the prime and sole reason for his murderous uh, uh, behaviours or was this a natural thing that he was born with and it's something that you can't shake this uh, psychopathy or socio- sociopathy that you are a born murderer and he just grew into it no I would say it's the first yeah, it's the mother yeah I think so he had two sisters and if if it was into genetics or something that they would have uh, violent tendencies maybe they would have Ooh, yeah. shown some signs and uh, you know maybe it only comes out in men Maybe, maybe. Yeah. But uh, a lot of the evidence points that she was a right fucker. Like, so. Yeah. Alcoholic, yeah. abusive. Yeah. Bit of a cunt. Yeah. Um, do you think that, same question, mm. if anybody knew or if he had a told or if he had a told someone in school or if the father had known it was his duty to re- report what was going on with Ed being locked in the basement and all that stuff, or, I mean, was that... So did his mother have control over the husband as well? Not to... That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, what do you think? So is it like he that the mother was in full control and whatever she did went? Yeah. And that, it, like, uh, you know... Ed, that could have saved probably, him. if he hadn't been kept properly and brought up properly, then yeah. he might not have been a murderer. The fact that he was not reported to the proper authorities hmm. or is it that, you know, he was treated the way he should have been treated and... Like there wasn't any saving. If he was indeed a psychopath from birth, which the mother thought he was, mm. should he have been in the basement anyway? So that question again is like, is, should someone have reported it to the authorities, be it the father or the yeah. sisters or Ed himself, or did was the right thing done to keep a killer off the streets, but it just kind of backfired because he ran away at 14? Well, yeah, like I said, I don't think he's like, he was a killer from birth. It's probably a line that was crossed through like... Uh, you know, this, dominate, this domination by his mother. Like, once he crosses that line, maybe it's hard to go back. But he got away from the mother at yeah. 14, went to the father, was rejected, ended up with the grandparents. Yeah. And then he committed his first murder. Why didn't he kill the man when he was 15? Do you know what I mean? Is yeah. it the fact that he was going to do it anyway? It was just to whoever was going to annoy him. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe, yeah. I like think he got like, out. He yeah. got to California. He got out of the fucking So you badness. think maybe someone could have saved him if his dad had have reported the... The bad parenting. And when he arrived at his dad's house, if he had a look that took him should, in, should he not have taken him in and maybe got some help, got some psychi- yeah. psycho psychiatric evaluations? There was seeds of trouble. He was, you know, fucking with cats and all. Is that gonna? Can you like the mass all that? Yeah, and she took measures to make sure that he wasn't out on the streets. Maybe they were the wrong measures. Yeah, they weren't correct. But at least measures, she was on the were. right line of tamping down I'm not I'm trying mm. to kind of defend the mother's actions a little bit by going like she fe- saw the murder in him mm. and she tried to tamp it down by keeping him away but the reverse happened it escalated it I mean that usually does yeah <laughs> if you're trying yeah. to yeah trying to keep the pressure in a bottle it's gonna blow the bottle up you know like I, I, like, I wonder did she enjoy treating him like that was it not purely preventative it was a bit of her like getting kicks out of it like keeping him in the basement and like she enjoyed it so you don't think she was doing the right thing no, I don't think so. No. So you're leaning towards the da 
should have probably stepped reported in. Yeah. and stepped in. And or I don't know how old his two sisters were. Were they older or younger? One older, one younger. Yeah, maybe the older one could have gone to the authorities or she yeah. must have known something was amiss. Like, Yeah, you would think so. Ah, well, unless they were all just under the mother's sort of matriarchal control, the whole, they just went with what she said. So yeah. no questioning either. For the, for the psychiatric team, do you think that they were grossly negligent in their, in their assessments or because psychiatric medicine and stuff was in such an infancy and the fact that Ed was so intelligent hmm. that it couldn't be helped that they got played? Um, was it their fault or not their fault that he got out at 20 I think five years is a short time to do for two murders and it's probably a short time to assess uh, think about the young lads that uh, killed JB Bulger right those two those two lads Venables and uh, ooh Thompson how long did they serve well they went in at 12 and they got released at 18 when they became adults and then the British government gave them new identities and relocated them and then since your man Venables yeah. has been caught two times for um, like pornographic paedophile material and right. he's been outed twice and his identity and his location has been outed twice and again the British government have come along and swept them up only recently and re re like uh, you know reconstituted them back into this yeah. uh, new uh, gave them another new identity and and put them back into society again as a, a tied up un, unincarcerated person like yeah. he, he fucking went he killed a kid yeah. grew up lived a little life for a little while got caught with child porn yeah. did some time in jail when he got out they fucking re yeah re like that's really not fair on the, on the general public to have something mm, yeah. you know is this a thing of like he's still gross showing, negligence in yeah, those types of situations quite anyway. possibly just, yeah yeah people are afraid to stamp somebody with the crazy brush yeah maybe so should Ed Kemper have been have been admitted to that psychiatric hospital forever well was it their fault or not their fault like should they have let him out or did he do everything that ticks the box and well, that's, that's, he should have got that second chance letting, but he just fucked up the second chance well letting him read the case files and don't know if they let him oh not let him but well give him the access yeah give him the access <laughs> you know made, made it available to him made him an, made an option for him that's probably not the right move um, yeah I would say there's a, some negligence there surely yeah you know I think so yeah it's not just like we set the rules and we play by the rules and he found out the rules and upset the rules use them against us it's not our fault because like if he it works was, for everybody else he was just one that broke the system if he was an ex maybe he was an extremely rare case like a rare patient yeah. with the IQ and the the nous to, to fill the system not everyone gets out of Alcatraz but it's not Alcatraz's fault if they escape yeah kind of way you know okay yeah, yeah. so off the fence who's, who's that fault you think still think they're negligent um yeah I think so yeah yeah I think so okay chalk it down um, and then when he <laughs> when he is out sorry guys <laughs> hanging out hanging around with uh, what are you sorry for I don't know I just want I'm still alive maybe these doctors to listen to your podcast I it? doubt it but uh, I mean I think they're at fault yeah yeah you know I do think they're at fault they should have fucking saw that shit mm. like he's coming in with some serious shit going on if they're listening to his 
if you listen to his psychiatric evaluation, yeah, yeah. he should be able to wheedle out the fucking the projection, delve through that. What he yeah, said. yeah, yeah. That's what the, did you do? You did the cats thing, okay, okay, and then and like when you're masturbating, we we see your fucking flying through Kleenex inside the <laughs> thing there. Your fucking all your socks are standing up at a forty five degree <laughs> Like what the fuck is going on? You're waking up in the morning and it's like fucking Bing Crosby's White Christmas inside <laughs> in your jocks. Like we have to wash them. We know the crack. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. What are you fucking wanking about? Um. Tits, uh, yeah, <laughs> boobies. <laughs> oh, boobies. Uh, Wanker about boobies. Like, they should be on that shit. Yeah. That's, that's part of their mm. job to, to weed that information out. And if they're processing it badly, surely, like, uh, there's a certain percentage of people mm. that are in psychiatric care that are absolutely mental and they're absolutely geniuses. Yeah. And they're trying to game the system. And those, I know it's early in the day, yeah. but like it's seven, 1970 or mm. whatever. But surely they should be able to fucking wheedle that yeah. type of behavior out and go like, okay, this is typical, blah. Yeah. And, you know, these guys do this and this is, we have a, we have a, a, a reason to think there's a, a risk yeah. here. There's a system in place yeah. to be able to deal with that type of patient and yeah. we're classified and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, so and get to it. And it's it, like the mother being the, the drive for his, uh, you know, his violent tendencies or whatever, and then to let him out and go back to the mother. That's that's a fault. Yeah. Absolutely a fault, yeah. So, I mean, lads, if you're listening, I know you're probably pretty old, but what the fuck? Come on. <laughs> um. So then, uh, friends with police. Should mm. those police have caught him or not? If someone were detectives or something, like, they yeah. should have known the crack. Yeah, come on. <laughs> come on, says Sean Nolan to those police. Come on. <laughs> Uh, I'm pretty sure I could have caught him. Yeah, there's not really, there's not really about the, uh, there's not really off defense about the victims really because I mean, there's not a whole lot you can uh, say like they're brown bread. It's not mm. really their fault. They just got in hitchhiking. Maybe after the people were putting out warnings in California, they probably shouldn't have been hitchhiking if there was the potential to be killed. Similar went out with Bundy, yeah. and he could have killed hundreds of people. But there's no real way to. Ah, uh, they're, they're in college. They're really drinking, walking home. Not even. Not even. Just trying to, just, just trying to afford a car. Yeah, trying just get, trying to get by. Yeah, there's no fault there. Like, yeah. I mean, you can't say that there's a fault for the victim, but no. I mean, um, to not heed warnings at a time. Like, when the uh, Son of Sam was going around New York in the 70s, like, the, the thing went up on the wire that said right. he he's only after women with brown long brown hair. Right. So everyone cut their hair short and dyed it blonde. Right. In New York because we're like we have to walk around and this lad fucking jumps yeah, out. So in that's front the of. solution. Yeah. And so they did that and did, and there was a curfew and people didn't go out at night at that yeah. time and didn't do that in California. They're just like oh it's Santa Cruz yeah. we're all hippies yeah. like like you know let's think the best of people and mm. stuff and then you're like you're fucking sitting with your own head in your lap in the back of some lad's car. <laughs> right. I do think there is some element of like follow the fucking, uh, follow the rules. Don't get, don't get in. And there was two, the last murder of, of co-eds, there was two of them together. So they probably thought if there's two of us, we'd be able to stand up for each other or whatever. But in terms of the last question as well, the were the psychologists uh, culpable? There was, wasn't there a bit where he drove back to see one? He had an appointment after he got out or something. Yeah. And he drove to the psychologist and had a, a woman's head in the boot with a car. Out, oh, fuck. I didn't outs, hear that. Yeah, outside. And uh, they didn't suspect that he was acting normal. He had a head in the car. Like, you know, so... You, He's just really smart and yeah, good at what he does. good at what he does, yeah. I mean, if you can only focus it somewhere else, <laughs> like at the cops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then for the last question, do you think that the fact that he is refusing all these paroles, that he knows exactly what he did wrong and he's a bad boy... And he regrets it terribly? Or is he just so... 
institutionalized that he never wants to go into the real world again? Is it a regret thing that he knows and he's kind of punishing himself or is it that he is, you know, like that old man in the Shawshank Redemption fucking yeah. scraping his name yeah. on the thing and hanging himself? Could be a bit about, I guess. Uh, I guess as he's getting older, he's probably worrying about debt, the things he's, the crimes he's committed maybe. Yeah. If he's... But these are all through the 80s. Like he's, he's still in his 30s when he's mm. refusing these. Yeah. Okay, that's true. Yeah. 30s, 40s. That's the time you can get out and still make yeah. a life. Like it's all good. Yeah. I guess he's just, he enjoys it in there. He's, he's someone in there. Yeah. He is, yeah. This one of the serial killers, one of the stars, I guess, of the prison. Similar to Manson, I guess. Yeah. Maybe. And the new generation, like if he gets out, you know, people don't know him anymore. He's, there's a new killers, I guess, or there's, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, maybe he's, he's happy enough in there. And, he, and he's yeah. just institutionalized. And he's completed his, his objectives, I guess. You know, he I did, think that too. I think yeah. that he doesn't want to face the real world and, like who's he going to kill now? Like, yeah, the motivations for yeah. killing is probably gone, I, I guess, since his mother's dead now, yeah. 45 years or whatever. Yeah. And the techniques he'd come up with probably wouldn't do the job now. He'd get caught now. Like, yeah. you know, or 10, 15 years ago, he'd get That's caught. That's why we don't see any, like, massive serial killers yeah. really anymore. Get caught quite school sharpish. shootings, they yeah. do it all in a day. Yeah. They get their numbers up all at the one time and mm. it's instant gratification, you know, yeah. <laughs> millennials. <laughs> and, uh, and then they're out. Yeah. They're caught or they're dead by cop. Uh, we don't get serial killers that kill and then go mm. back and kill because there's a fucking Facebook and yeah. security cameras and cameras forensic, everywhere, forensic yeah. science is amazing. Yeah. Like they always find cum somewhere. <laughs> there's somewhere there's cum someplace and they'll fucking get you for it. <laughs> so that's it for Ed Kemper. It's, uh, it's a strange one. If you want to read out about, about the victims and some of the, the subtle nuances of his psychopathy uh go and check it out yourself i'm going to put up a couple of documentaries and stuff on the bitch you channel if you want to reach out to us if there's nothing in the show that we got wrong or you want to add on some stuff uh, email us info at doseconspiracyguys.com you can check out this episode and loads more on doseconspiracyguys.com our website uh you can watch this via video and the lovely folks at patreon are watching this right now streaming you can watch this on video or any of the other episodes if you like it and you want to see our lovely faces uh, head over to youtube.com slash those conspiracy guys youtube reacting the cunt throwing people off for saying stuff that they don't like <laughs> so i like to put up a, a load of other stuff that's not youtube friendly on our other video channel bitchute.com slash those conspiracy guys or minds.com slash those conspiracy guys if you want to check those out uh, bitchute is like a um, a bit torrent uh, kind of uh, blockchain-esque type video sharing service and they're pretty good about censorship they're not throwing stuff off because it doesn't uh, you know tickle the gicker of those sjw so <laughs> they leave it up there unlike youtube and we got demonetized and kicked off and banned from live streaming and all that other shit for just talking about stuff so fuck them um you can support the show through patreon patreon.com slash those conspiracy guys and thanks to all the folks who do that you're really warming my heart like cholesterol <laughs> it's um keeps the lights on over here and tea in the mugs all it leaves me to do is say thanks very much to my illustrious guest sean nolan if no. you are in dublin and you want to see excellent comedy keep an eye out for this buy oh thanks Gordo. yeah it's been a pleasure yeah real it's, nice it's, it's, it's a weird show right yeah it's a weird thing it's great yeah you join, us, join us again when we come back and we have Sweet. a big old chat about something longer and we can have a banter and have a third person here and cool. uh, really get down deep in some of them philosophical <laughs> um sean is is off the grid on social media but i'm guessing uh, at I'll, sean nolan comedy on twitter something like that i'll sort yeah. it out he hasn't got an instagram ladies 
but just wait until he does. It's going to be excellent. <laughs> uh, by the time this goes out, he will have. So I'm going to put those links into the description below. So if you want to follow Sean and all the stuff he does and all the stuff I mentioned is going to be in the description below too, whether you're watching on video or listening on audio. Uh, thanks very much for listening. This has been Those Conspiracy Guys. You've been listening to Ed Kemper. I'm Gordo. I'm Sean. And we'll see you again next time. Goodbye. Bye.